welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. My name is Emily Soderback. Travis Vogt. Matt Lynch, hi. Hello. Say hi, Lily. Hello. Hello. I'm not happy to be here. Knock if you buck. <laughs> She's not unhappy to be here. She's pretty happy. She knows she has a whole big pile of biscuits. Big pile, big, big pile of biscuits. Of bi- I like a big pile of biscuits. <laughs> All I need to be happy is a big pile of biscuits. Yeah, that's what she sounds like when she talks. <laughs> it's like a, a trucker looking at, a, at a, an attractive waitress she- at the stop, at the truck stop diner. <laughs> she got a real big pile of biscuits there, don't she? Biscuits on you can all know shits all day. Lily's, Lily's over here. Uh, with can her- I get a twenty on that pile of biscuits? <laughs> with her pile of biscuits and her fresh new manicure, just like boss bitching. Mm, hashtag long dog. Hashtag girl boss. Do you yes. think your Do you think your dog is white trash, Matt? Do you think it's no? Possible? She's a princess. She's a pretty princess. Okay, we doesn't all... mean she's not okay. white trash. Okay, but... you can be a white trash princess. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, she's yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's got a, a pair of pink PJs that say "juicy" on the butt. Uh, Louise actually has a juicy couture sweatsuit. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> it being... barely fits her, which makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a juicy couture outfit that fits. No, you gotta be tight. it's very tight. Gotta be tight. I actually don't know if it fits her uh, this season. Oh, okay. Well, because in this season, because she got a really big old in. pile of biscuits <laughs> now. She's, a, of biscuits. she's been eating some biscuits. You got a big pile of biscuits. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I buy to buy you a big old pile of biscuits if you care for it. Mm. Big fried pile of French fried potatoes. No, this got scary. <laughs> it's <laughs> not like it, it anymore. It's not funny. Haha, it's funny queer. Can we ever do that movie on the podcast? Sling Blade. It's got a murder in it. <laughs> I don't know what movie you guys are talking about. Sling, You've never Sling heard of Blade. the movie Sling Blade before? No. Fu- wow. Wait, With William so. Robert Thornton? I don't know who that is. Dwight Yoakam? <laughs> oh, Billy Bob. Jo- Jonathan Ritter? Uh, <laughs> Others? <laughs> Others? <laughs> Presumably? I don't know. No. Well, we're going to have to do... We're going to have guess to do I, Sling Blade. I just dug my grave. I go to Sling Blade. A movie that is absolutely just a drama, but then at the end has a moiter in it. So, like, well, we some could, of these movies totally turn out to be more dramas than anything. Did you ever? Did you ever see the parody short that came out around the same time called Swing Blade, which was when they put Carl into swingers? Was that on Mad TV? Uh, no, it was like an internet thing. Oh, it was like a short movie that I watched on like you know the old internet. Ah. He's like, you know the scene in Swingers where John Favreau keeps calling the, his ex girlfriend and leaving messages on yes. her answering machine. Yes, <laughs> they do that, but it's Carl, and he's like, but he talks so slow that it keeps cutting him off, and he's like, "Is your Carl?" And then it beep, and then he's just like, "Is your Carl again?" Uh, mm. Beep, it goes on and on and on. <laughs> Man, it's hard to laugh when I only get half the reference. <laughs> it's a full length movie. Uh, uh, he's like, I am to buy you some biscuits and gravy. And Vince Vaughn is like, No one knows what that means, baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> did you? Did you? Do you know what Swingers is? Yes, I okay. love Swingers. I, I don't know. That's what. That was the half of the reference I got. Both, I don't know the other one. They're both movies that like were huge at the time that yeah. have diminished in. I mean, wasn't Sling, didn't Sling Blade get a Best Picture nomination? Yes, it did. It got a bunch of Academy Award no. nominations, and you watch it now, we're like, "That's Whoa. fine." I think it's a little. Well, I'm not going to say you it's guys like, are piquing my interest. I'm not going <laughs> to say it's like offensive or anything like that, but it is just sort of like I can't believe yeah, this is a whole movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ, William Robert Thornton. William Robert Thornton, fun guy. President William Robert Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun guy. He seems like a real seems delight. Like a real nice dude. Yeah. Just a, just a guy who just congenial, uh, <laughs> congenial, amiable, good, good sense of humor, a lot of self awareness there. Yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, it was a hell of a time for film when that movie swept the world for about six months and then everybody forgot about it. And then Billy Bob was in Armageddon. And then he took off like a shot. And then he was in Mr. Woodcock. Oh, Mr. Woodcock. And all those other movies where he played like a creepy man that was in, in comedies. Santa Claus. The Santa Claus, Mr. Woodcock. There's another one that's just like the same premise as Mr. Woodcock. Oh, you guys, I have seen Sling Blade. <laughs> and I think I really liked it. We all did. <sighs> did, you ever, did you ever hear that Ben Affleck impersonation of Billy Bob Thornton when he's talking <laughs> about him on Armageddon? God, it's so funny. You weren't even supposed to be in this movie until that Titanic come out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just you want to like Ben Affleck so much. I love him. I love him. I sometimes do, and I sometimes don't. It, it t- entirely depends on what Affleck we're getting. I like him. I I even like sad Ben Affleck. I'm like leave oh, us alone. Of course, I love Ben Affleck alone. Especially love. That's gonna be my sad. favorite. Yeah, yeah. Any the sad version of anybody is gonna be my favorite version of them. Jeez, because it's relatable. Damn, <laughs> dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dark there, Travis. <laughs> You, I don't know. I think a, a super happy Ben Affleck would probably be the worst. <laughs> no, like a get- Oh, like in that Christmas movie he's in with uh, what's his face? John Lovitz. No. James Gandolfini. Yes. Jerry Lewis. No, he got it. It's James oh. Gandolfini. I already Christmas got movie. it, man. I won. And Ben Affleck is like literally just like giddy and like. And Tony Soprano like hates his guts. Oh yeah, because he's the dad and his uh, family. He's gonna and take he, him down, down, China, down well, to Chinatown. He, he he goes to this his old fa- Ben Affleck's like a very uh, successful guy, but you know he's let family go by the wayside, and the holidays are coming up, and uh-huh. he's like, you know what, I want to like reconnect with my roots. So he goes to the house he grew up in, but turns out that. Uh, James Gandolfini and his family live there now. So he, he just crashes he, he their He pays Christmas? them because he's so rich and they're just like a oh, middle class family. Right. He pays them to stay there over the holidays yeah. so that he can get the classic like uh, suburban holiday that he always wanted. And, uh, you know, they're at they're at odds until they... Are you trying to tell me this is a good movie? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> It is very, a very manic Ben Affleck, though. Oh, okay. And it, I wouldn't say don't watch it, though. I mean, it's Ben Matt, Affleck and, and, and James Gandolfini. It's like kind of interesting just to see them interact, you know. James James Gandolfini, the the great James Gandolfini in like a absolute turd Christmas movie. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, I think other like I a don't sub remember. Chevy there's Chase like, there's type like of other, vehicle. Other good actresses in it. <laughs> Christina Applegate sub might be in Chevy it. Chase. Yeah, it's like the sort of thing like you couldn't get Chevy Chase. Well, we got James Gandolfini. Like what? <laughs> the fuck? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Christina Applegate might be in it. Wow. I wish it was. I, I think it's it was called Gandalf-y. like Gandalf. Like Gandalf. I mean, it like is the wizard. I mean, it is. It literally when you is. You type it out. You no, can it's, say it's no one's different. no one's it's telling you differently. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. That way, he'll come back as it's Gandalf. It's Gandolfini, and then Gandalf is with an A. Oh, is it? There's no way we can find out. So there's no like, way to there's find no out. There's no point in arguing about it. All right, the movie this is, is all just sort okay, of like you guys for everyone listening who's so wondering what this movie is. It's called Surviving Christmas. It's from 2004. Mm, what a year. And in addition to Ben Affleck, James <clears throat> Gandolfini, and Christina Applegate, it also has Catherine O'Hara mm. as the mom. That's how you know it's quality. And Udo Kier's in it as well. <laughs> and Udo Kier. <laughs> Does Ben Affleck give birth to Udo Kier yeah. on Christmas morning? <laughs> and he's huge. Now I am Jesus. Udo Kier, star of Ace um, Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh, I hate Ace Ventura. We used to have a coworker here at Scarecrow that used to tell a story about the time that he sat on Udo Kier's lap. Is that it? Ooh. Is there more? You never met Kin. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, and that's the story. <laughs> that's, and it. that's it. Yeah. That's We're it. <laughs> we'll leave Jesus it at that. Christ. All right. 
<laughs> Travis, did you meet Ken? Yeah. Yeah. Now you know. He never told me the Udo Kier story, but I did meet him. So he's it's like, "Hey, Travis, Travis, come here. I got something to tell you." Well, one, I mean, one time I sat on Udo it wasn't Kier's like lap. A, it wasn't like and a whole he just big stares story at me until I walk away. That he was a you weird walk dude. Away. <laughs> Not him. He's a nice enough guy. I yeah, like him. It's Ken. Good dude. Shout out to Ken. Shout out to Ken. I'm a little mad that he never told me his Udo Kier story. He's out there uh, sitting on another celebrity's lap right now. Yeah. And Udo Kier, I believe, is still alive. So there's an opportunity for me to sit on his lap at some point, and I can have my own Udo Kier lap sitting story. As everyone should. Shit on his lap. I can I can ask him about what it was like to meet <laughs> Shit on Udo to work with Ace to work with Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's what you would ask him. Yeah. What was he? What, what was, was it like Ace to Ventura work Pet with Detective, detective like? with Detective Ventura? And that's what I'll say too. I will be like, <laughs> "What was Ace Ventura like?" Not like, "What was Jim Carrey like?" I'll I will be like, "Ace Ventura is a then real you'd be person." Like, what the fuck do you think? He was annoying <sighs> <Yeah>. as hell. <laughs> he was the worst. He was Look the, at him. Look at him. But he's really good, Detective. Is he or is no, he just he's, lucky? No, he's really good. Hmm. That's the funny thing about it. Okay, this is One my of ho- the many funny <laughs> things. <laughs> this is my hot take. My my question mm. is: Ace Ventura a good detective? Or is he just lucky? Put the poll up on Twitter. I'm gonna. He's very good, and then and then at the end he's very problematic. I'm actually gonna put it up on Twitter right now, and by the end of this episode, I'll let you guys know. Put it on the sicky Twitter. Put it on the sicky Twitter. He's like Columbo. He's like incredibly talented. Sorry. I do. You wanna use my phone and do it? Yeah. And people are always like, "You're such a good detective. Why don't you do detective work for people?" And he's like, "I don't do humans, right? Come on." I don't do. He's really good. He's, he's no, he's really good. And if Twitter doesn't agree with that assessment, then they haven't watched the movie in a long time. That's all I'm going to say. And I will fight any of those people. Oh uh, yes. All right. Well, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's on her phone now, so no, I'm on the Sick You Twitter to ask if Ace Ventura is a good detective or just lucky. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that was the podcast, everybody. We'll uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a nice well, Sunday. We'll find out how that goes. But for now, one thing that's I think is indisputable. Let's be frank. Let's be frank. Let's be frank about this. One thing that's indi- is disputable is there's a guy whose last name was Frank who wrote a movie that I really like. Yeah. And then we're was gonna, involved in two other movies. We're going to talk about the famous and very talented screenwriter Scott Frank today. We're going to do three movies. One that he wrote, well, three that he wrote and two that he directed. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in reverse crony orgs. Reverse crony orgs. Mm. We're going to start with A Walk Amongst the Tombstones, or Among, depending on how you like to say it. Uh, the Lookout, and finally, Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Yeah, we wanted to also say depending the best on, for last on in this case. how you like to say it. I like to say Out of Sight. I like to say Out of Sight. I mean, come on. And The Lookout. The Lookout. <laughs> What's with this guy and the word out? Come on, everybody. <laughs> ah. He's ooting and ollering. Do we have any background for Scott Frank, what his whole deal is or anything, before we get into these these movies? How do I immediately get a vote for Good Detective? And I just published it. This is bad news. it's just facts. Right. I mean, it's facts. Yeah, it's just facts. All right. Reverse crony words. Walk among the tombstones. I was off duty one day in this bar in Washington Heights. Where cops didn't have to pay for their drinks. And a couple of guys came in to rob the place. Chased them into the street, shot two dead. But a third one in the leg. Why aren't you a cop no more? You see, one shot, well, the bullet took a bad hop. So you're a private detective? Unlicensed. I do favors for people. In return, they give me gifts. So, what can I do for you? 
Someone's kidnapped my wife. I pay them, but they killed her anyway. I want you to find the men who did this and bring them to me. Whoever it was took your wife. Didn't just pick your name out of a hat. I've been following her. I know your schedule. I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. From 2014? Yeah. 14. (laughs) Ouch, 2014. You are cooked. (laughs) Fuck you, 2014. (laughs) I showed that year. 2014, you burnt. I mean, when I think 2014, just nothing comes to mind. It's a a zero year. year. It's a dead year. It's a dead year. Yeah, what? Oh, I mean, it was two years after I graduated college. And it was two years before the years all started getting blamed for everything? One year after I started working here. Ooh, that was maybe a crappy year. Ooh, uh-oh. Well, that's... That's okay. Fortunately, the movie Walk Among the Tombstones will suit the mood of that because this is a very doer film. And it was not set in 2014. In fact... It's a period piece. We got a Y2K piece right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a... Uh, it starts in the 90s. It starts 1991, in 1991. And then the rest of it takes place in 1999. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's based on a, the Matthew Scudder character who we've covered before on this show in the movie Eight Million Ways to Die. And that was um, Jeff, Bridges Jeff Bridges played him, played him who is, of course, mm. famous for sleeping on top of a wall. Yeah. Oh, well, that, he's so drunk, he, he sleeps on top so of a wall. so good looking in that movie. Yes. yes. Well, I can't argue with that. And that's a movie that I liked more than this one. Same. But as, uh, as, we, as we were talking about, Matt was saying, he, you say you're thinking about that character all the time? I, I think about that movie all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think, about, the, I think about that scene in that movie, especially where he has the it's... act off with Andy Garcia, where they're just screaming at each other and the camera's just going around. He's like, what are you fucking going to do about it? What are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more fun. This this movie is very uh, portentous and um, is, is going for a real... Like heavy, moody sort of vibe. Yeah, I think it's going for like this uh, this very writerly economy. Yeah, uh, and and it's you know uh, very bleak, very noir, like neo noirish. Yeah, and I sure. think it's I think it mostly succeeds. Like I think it's for a sure. good movie. It's not um, bad. I think it's yeah. I think I would use the word good and then go no farther than that. I would it go does, good. It totally is being doing the thing. That I would it wants go to do. good with a lowercase g though. But it, I think the movie thinks not, a, not a capital rough. G. Wow, shit, Jesus. Harsh. I mean, that's Simmer down. Simmer down, Emily. That's not bad, capital B. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Lower capital B. It's not when, bad with two Ds. <laughs> when you add the capital to it's the... It's not hyphy. No, it is not hyphy. It is not crump. <laughs> it is not crump or crunk. Or crank. It is not crank. Uh, could be crank. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yes, this is... I, I got actually prisoner's vibes off of this one, as mm. I said. I don't get that. <clears throat> it's it's well, Why? Well, it's kidnapping? like an extremely conventional type of movie that is trying to use style and and mood to kind of tell you. But that it's something so understylized. I thought this movie was pretty stylish. You think so? Yeah, I found it pretty straightforward, like it, you, on purpose. I'll give you an example. I thought one of the highlights of the movie. I, I mean, I, I suppose a movie can be stylized and straightforward at the same time. But uh, there's a scene that I thought was re- like really effective, where I was like, "Oh shit, this is gonna, we got ourselves a real movie." Kind of towards the beginning. Um, where you see, like, a woman, like a naked woman sort of oh. being shot from all these different, mm-hmm. like, close shots. <clears throat> yeah, the Where you can't girl. really tell what's going on. You see the shot of her like, wedding ring and her hair and her body and hands touching her, and you're like, this could be a sex scene, something like that. Right. And then they keep on slowly like, giving you more information, and, and by the end of it, yeah. you're like, this, wait, something's fucked up Like, here. wait, her feet are really dirty. 
Her feet are really dirty. There's more than one guy. You're like, well, that doesn't have to be a bad thing, but yeah, it's, it's not doesn't seem like it maybe is great. And then by the very end, you get a shot of and she's there's tape over her mouth. Yeah, and you're like, fuck, this is a whole. I think, and yeah. like that those was scenes, so well done. Those flashbacks to what David Harbour does to that woman. Yeah. Is, those are pretty stylized. The rest of the movie, I think, not so much. There's there's like stuff that is and stuff that isn't. I suppose I'm not gonna say it's just. I mean. Prisoners is fucking what's his face and Freaky Deacons. It's Roger Deakins and Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> you yeah. can't really Denis Villeneuve. But it, but it's got that oppressive mood to yeah. it too, where it's like we're going. I mean, it's called a walk among the tombstones. We're like we're going into the dark, into the dark, dark. Part Look out of the for those world. tombstones over there if you're gonna go walking, okay? But and I got the same feeling from. I remember being disappointed the first time I saw Prisoners because people really loved that movie and, and <laughs> talked about it. It's a much lot. funnier the second time. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. But I just remember, like, it, like that as a very highly regarded movie, and kind of watching it and thinking it was obviously very well made, and just being like, it's just a fucking crime movie. Like, what do we? Yeah, what do we? Come doing? on. What do you want? It's just like a kidnapping crime movie with like twist, the same twists and the same cli- like action climax. Like, it's just a regular movie, but it's but it's trying to tell you that it's something more. And this movie does that both <clears throat> in cinematic cinematically, but also in the, in its screenplay. The, the very yeah. end is taking a huge swing. During the action climax, when yeah. they're reading the, the yeah, twelve yeah. steps, I mean, <laughs> which I'm not a big fan of, but uh, I mean, I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I was going like, "What are you doing? You're yeah, just yeah. a regular movie, movie. Yeah, What's yeah. this shit?" So that's so that's 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 my argument for the thing that I said. There you go. There you go. I, I kind of <laughs> I, uh, well done. That twelve nice steps work, thing Travis. at the end, I was like, "Ah, oh, jeez." I don't think they sell Scudder's sobriety very well in this. Like, no, it doesn't seem like like they keep trying to make it a core piece of his character, which it is in the books. But in this movie, it sort of feels like a tangent. I never felt it was at risk at all either. Right. And Absolutely I don't not. know if we needed maybe it to you, maybe be at risk, need to but feel it. If, yeah. if you're emphasizing the fact that he's going through this, then maybe you should show him struggling with it and right. not, not just like being at a meeting. Yeah, it feels like he's already, it feels like, I feel like they're trying to make it into a thing where like, oh, Scudder still feels like he needs some kind of absolution. And yeah. they're not, it doesn't, that doesn't really work. But we don't work. need the drink in there. Like, it could have been just because he accidentally killed, like, uh, that girl right. or whatever. It's definitely more for that than for, for And so throwing in the alcoholism, like, even if there was a scene where he, you know, he orders a drink and just has it in front of him and doesn't touch it or whatever. Yeah. And I know that's super cliche and happens in a lot of things, but I feel like it would have done more for his, the context of him being an alcoholic, I guess. Yeah. Other element that doesn't work for me in this movie at all is the kid. Oh, you don't like TJ? I just think it's... Extraneous. I think he's good, and that's all well done. But I, I totally get like, you know, yeah. you're softening the blow. You're trying to. Right. Make, I don't think this is what happened. But it sort of feels like they made one pass on this movie, and they're like, "That was pretty dark, guys. Can we get like a cute kid in there?" Or something yeah. But then like also, that? but then also give him sickle cell anemia. <laughs> he's a sick, anemia. He's a sick sickler. A sickler. He's a sickler. <laughs> he's a sickler. He's a sickler. For that's details. what they call him. That's what the nurse calls him. He's a sickler. Pardon me. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, that's, that's just hospital slang. <laughs> that's apparently what we call. Do you knock if you buck though? <laughs> he had to look up sickler on Urban bucks. Dictionary. <laughs> sickler. Yeah, that I, I didn't get that, and it doesn't really pay off. Even even at the very end, too, where you're like, oh, they have yeah. him in there, so he's going to be in peril at the end, and he's not really. Not really. It's all fine. It's just to soft. Yeah, it's to soften <laughs> Neeson, even though he doesn't really need softening either. No. But t- I mean, the the kid who plays TJ is great, though. I thought he was a good character, but he just didn't need to be in that movie. <laughs> all right, let's roll back. So this movie starts in the '90s. Liam Neeson or Matthew Scudder is a cop. 
And he foils a robbery, yes? Sort of. I mean, inadvertently, uh, he he's you see him in his car with his partner, and he's having like a real hard-boiled conversation with him. And his partner even, uh, he, he refers to his partner as a racial slur, too. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, damn, he's a cold-blooded. He, he seems real hardcore. Yeah. And then he goes into this bar, and it's like one of those cop bars where they give you all your alcohol for free. And they give him his coffee with two fucking shots pointed like this. He's a That's ma- how I order it. He's a maintenance alcoholic. He's like, got to have these if I'm going to go, if I'm going to pass through another hour and uh and so he's just sitting there enjoying his his coffee and possibly newspaper and then people come in rob try to rob the bar shoot the bartender start shooting him up and then he just like turns around he's fucking hammered drunk starts blasting yeah and he shoots like one of the guys and then another guy goes running down the stairs and then he he kind of shoots there's some cool shots too like a POV shot right when he shoots the guy and then you see him dancing down the stairs like the Joker (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't quite happen but he does walk down the stairs drunkenly and it's the same kind of stairs and I kept on thinking that they were going to play that Gary Glitter song (laughs) but that doesn't happen and then it like pointedly cuts away from this this is going to be the the flashback that they keep on going back to like Mm -hmm. this uh, essentially, origin story for like where his character is at in this moment, and we find out more and more about what really happened on this day as right. the movie goes along. Right. But then we go to 1999, right Woo! before y- Y2K, and he's sitting in the theater watching the Phantom Menace, <laughs> listening to <laughs> Will like, I actually thought it was pretty good. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty good, right? I definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, mean it wasn't as good as the old Star Wars. I know it was pretty good. Jar Jar Binks isn't great, and I don't like the kid. But like the the pod race was good. Pod race was great. Not lightsaber fight. Is really great. I think it was pretty good. A minus. Definitely an A minus. Really I can't A-. wait to watch. I'll watch it again tomorrow. Yeah, I already got tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't. None of that happens. But it really should. It should have. Um, he gets um approached. That's when you get the shot of the the rape scene that I was talking about. That I where I was like, I think we got ourselves a good movie here, and it is good, but it's it it's not quite that good the whole way. You guys, I was so excited to see David Harbor in this movie, and then it turned out he was an absolute fucking evil oh, psycho. Yeah. And I was like, damn it! it one of the more evil characters you'll ever see. In I was because I, I have su- I have such a huge crush on him, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be so cool to see David Harbor. Like, love him. And then I was like, oh no, you're a, at least you a got one, one American maniac. in this New York. <laughs> Movie yeah, that's Jesus populated God. almost Great. entirely by British dudes. Boyd, Boyd's uh, Boyd American. Holbrook, yeah, that's right. I forgot about Boyd. Boyd, um, good old Boyd. But David, I, I think it's uh, to David Harbour's credit because he's he's gleefully playing. An I mean, abs- he's great. An absolute. He's monster. great at being an absolute psychotic clearly, man. He's, he's one of those actors that clearly enjoys his job a lot, and so it's it's fun seeing him. Yeah. Ha- mm-hmm. Apply that level of enthusiasm to a guy who couldn't be more of a monster. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. Also, uh, also, this fits into the the fine tradition of Liam Neeson action movies, where he threatens people over the phone repeatedly. Oh yeah, <laughs> he loves doing it. He's good he on the phone. It. He's this, the shit where he's talking to him on the phone is really funny. Mm-hmm. But he meets Boyd Holbrook first, and Boyd Holbrook is a junkie who's in his uh, AA. Yeah, he's in his AA meetings. And Boyd Holbrook, I've just come to realize exists because I watched uh, Justified City Primeval. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently he's been around for a while. I think, and I think in Justified City Primeval, he is fine. He's good. Perfectly I, I thought okay. he was good on that show. He's a very good Elmore Leonard bad guy in that show because Elmore Leonard's villains, the best ones in my opinion, are the ones that are dangerous because they're stupid. Yes. The shit in that- He's that, also lucky, which is yeah. also scary. The stuff in that series just like Ace where, like, uh, where he's no. like, I just wanted you to listen to my music. I thought that we'll was see. really funny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's got it. He's got the song. What? What's 
I forget. He's singing a cover. Oh, it's a black, it's a white stripes song. That's right. It's Seven Nation <laughs> Army. Yeah. Seven Nation oh, Army. Uh, but anyways, Boyd Holbrook's fine. He's kind of he's kind of a Brad Pittish type of type of guy. Well, you but... would know him from he's in Logan. He's yeah, the Logan. guy with the robot mm-hmm. arm in Logan. Mm-hmm. He was recently in Indiana Jones the Fifth. Yeah. Wow. A movie that shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, Still haven't seen it. It's terrible. Either. And he was in uh, the Predator, the Shane Black Predator movie. Oh, I haven't seen Didn't it. Like that. Yeah, it wasn't very good either. I don't like that. Anywho, <laughs> but anyways, Boyd Holbrook, Boo. and he's a and he's a junkie, and he's like, I got a I got a thing that you can maybe help with because he knows that Liam Neeson is an ex cop. In addition to being an ex addict, he's an ex cop. He's he just needed to get out of the game, and I guess he's just drifting around looking for opportunities or whatever. He's working he, for himself. <clears throat> he takes him to meet his brother, who's rich. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, rich and young. And a guy this young and this rich, you're kind of like, Liam Neeson's is no dummy. He's in the game. He yeah. figures out pretty quick that these are all drug dealers that he's right. involved with. And Dan Stevens has got a fucking disturbing little story to tell. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. tells it well. Yeah, he does. And we get a, we get a flashback scene where he, you know, these kind of un, unnamed psycho. I mean, we know who they are, but they yeah. remain anonymous to the people that they... Do their crimes to, do their crimes to, and uh, <laughs> they crime on them. But they kidnap his wife. Yes. This is the I believe this is the woman who we saw in that sh- opening scene that we were ta- that I was talking about. No, is it a different? Cause no, because no, the they blo- do this the blonde too. girl's Layla from the she's the third victim. This one because you you know that this one's not the blonde girl because she has a her own like portrait painted portrait. She has That's dark right. hair. The portrait that Boyd did. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but she's been she was kidnapped and like they wanted to get money they they demanded a million dollars and then Dan Stevens goes like I'll give you four hundred thousand dollars he's like that's all I can do that's the top the yeah. top bid low balls him and then they and the, you know the the whole thing is is pretty upsetting but it ends in pretty disturbing fashion well they keep giving him the runaround they're like okay drop it off here she's gonna be in your car when you run back to the car he goes back to the car he's, she's not in the car and he's like oh fuck and he goes back to the the payphone and they're like actually she's waiting at home for you he goes home she's not there they call him again and they're like okay she is she's gonna be waiting for you in this abandoned vehicle on this side street and so in he the goes trunk. there and he opens the trunk, and sure enough, she is there. It's a bunch. It, it looks like a, a bunch of bags of drugs. Mm. Was what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what they're supposed to do because these guys go go after drug dealers. That's how they know how to package um, things. So, but it looks <laughs> like a, it everything. looks like a bunch of like yeah. kilos of cocaine wrapped up. And then he picks it up and then sticks his knife into it and a bunch of blood oozes yeah. out. She's there in Ooh. a bunch of little bags. Nasty. They chopped her up. That was cool. Nasty stuff. Cool, but bad. <clears throat> Because these guys, God, I can't stress enough. These guys are really psychos. Yeah, they're they really, go above and beyond. <laughs> they, they truly, they truly go above and beyond their their call of duty when it comes to being psychotic kidnappers. One thing I thought was interesting about this is like the the setup that you've got now is like, well, so what are they? What's the what are they setting Liam Neeson up to do? Like, what what's the catch? You know what I mean? Like. In another movie, you would turn out that Dan Stevens was behind it all. You know what and I mean? And there's not. They just think he's really good at his job, and I they want him to work for them. It's very straightforward. Yeah, no, it's just that there are these psychos, and then he fights them. That's it. I was it. 100% yeah. thinking the whole time, like, what does this have to do with Liam Neeson, yeah. his right. former job, the thing that we saw earlier on in the movie, right, that's yeah. going to all and tie in. Yeah, and Dan Stevens, I didn't trust him anyways, because he's the guy from The Guest. Yeah. And I was like, you're not, you're not trustworthy, but... No, he's, lo and behold, he's exactly who he says he is. I mean, he, behold, he is a drug dealer. But. Liam Neeson is just like the best guy for the job, and that's why people whose wives get kidnapped, yeah. uh, they call him first. 
Yeah, <laughs> almost almost to the movie's credit, it's he's got not, great it's reviews. It's not doing anything circuitous. Yeah, he's got five stars on Yelp, <laughs> and he he is really good at this sort of shit. Um, so he's so he this guy Dan Stevens, Dan Stevens. I don't remember what his character's name is. Me either. But Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. <laughs> it's funny referring to him as Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. He's basically just like find these guys and kill them. I mean, or or like find him for me and I'll kill him, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's probably like, well, I'll find him for you. And after that, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to kill him for you, but whatever. And so he starts to do like investigating. He finds out pretty quick that this is a, there's a series of crimes yeah. that are very like these guys are these guys are doing this shit all the time. Um, and this is where it's like very conventional sort of detective type stuff. He's going interviewing people and getting little bits of information, picking stuff up. He finds the pigeon coop, the Dutch pigeon coop guy, pretty quick. Yeah, I would say, like even before the halfway point in the movie, he um, he's talking to people who've been involved in these different crimes, and he f- and there's a groundskeeper who found one of these bodies. There's like three bodies yeah. that, of, that have the similar cr- crimes where the lady gets kidnapped. They try to get they're money, all in different they parts. They kill him anyway, and they cut him up into pieces. And this guy found a lady cut up into pieces and strewn in garbage bags. Uh, in this pond by by a graveyard, right? That he works by. Yes. Among some tombstones. Among some tombstones. He was taking but a we walk, don't walk among amongst, amongst them until very until not later. later. Not till later. <laughs> all we all we know about him at the onset is that he like found the, these garbage bags and collected them. Liam Neeson goes up and interviews him, and and this is funny stuff. I, I kind of like a lot of the way that this movie kind of doesn't beat around the bush. His name is Lugan. Sort of His name's Lugan. And uh, and he just like talks to Liam Neeson. Is like, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm, du- I'm Dutch for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they they never explain that or anything. And uh, he's just like, I found these bags of garbage, or yeah, and and so that's it. I had I had nothing else to do with anything. And Liam Neeson's like, that guy had that guy had something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Follows him around, and at a certain point, when he confronts him, it's really great. He goes like. He goes like, "How did you know that that I was involved or something?" He's like, "You're a fucking weirdo." Yeah. That's how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're fucking weird. Like I just knew right out of the gate. Well, he finds these pictures of one of the victims uh, having sex with her fiance. So it shows that Lugan has been like spying on one of the victims, and so he's like, "Oh, he's definitely involved." And then uh, he kind of, you know, yeah, he comes up behind him. And does the whole weirdo thing, and then he's holding this this knife, and <laughs> Liam Neeson's like, "What are you gonna do? Stab me now with that big fucking knife?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I can't let you leave." Uh, but they come to an agreement to uh, he gives him the pictures that incriminate him, and he gives him the knife, and then they they talk and feed the pigeons. He pacifies this guy pretty. Cool. I mean, it's Liam Neeson doing the thing that he does, so anybody like this like this guy in particular. Who's just a sap? Who's a dumbass yeah. sap? Is just like immediately like I can't. I'm yeah, he's like here. Let me tell. Guy. He's like let me tell you everything that happened. I got kind of roped into doing this with these guys. I didn't know they were going to take it too far. He said he he met uh, David Harbour and the other guy at a video store, uh, but a bad but a bad one. He works. Yeah, this guy works <laughs> at a video store, but he's got a secret room where all the uh, fucked the up specialized the specialized stuff. stuff. So you know. So we get a flashback so this to this red room, like down in the basement. It's kind of cool. So we know oh, this no. guy's he's a nasty about He's talking about snuff. His name's Porno. Jonas, yeah. Porno and snuff. Porno. Porno and snuff, all the, all the real nasty all stuff. All the good shit. Yeah. And so they they think um, 
he's so he and he tells this whole story about getting involved with him kidnapping a lady. This was a lady that he had been spying through the window from his pigeon coop. Yeah, mm-hmm. watching her have sex. He's like, I wanted to, because because he, he's a creep. So he's like, I wanted to save her from her shitty drug dealer uh, husband or boyfriend or whatever. But of course, save in quotation marks, whatever that means to weird creeps like these guys. Yeah, and they're like, well, really yeah, good. we'll save her. <laughs> and they go and they go around it. Of course, these guys go around at a windowless van, a, a plumbing van. And they kidnap her, and then and, and this is all in the story that the that Jonas is telling, and then they you know oh god, and then th- David Harbour is so creepy and like asks her which boob she wants to keep. This is his whole thing. He does he talks about this all the time. Yeah, cutting, cutting boobs off. <laughs> he loves cutting boobs off, and she she like literally had to choose. She literally had to choose. They <laughs> killed her, chopped her up, and then and then they threw. And then what happened was that they threw all the body parts into that pond where this guy works to like fuck with him. And before because before they killed him, he ran out of the van. Yeah, he ran out of the van. So he's technically not a murderer, but he definitely facilitated it. He's an absolute creep. And he's a dumbass. And a, and a, a total dumbass. And and the way that this this conclusion to this sequence is shot is pretty cool oh yeah where he's and you can tell it's gonna happen but i just like the way that it's the shot fr- where the, he's they like, framed it in a way i was like yes let me off yep <laughs> let me feed my let me feed my pigeons really quick okay well anyways let me tell you what yeah. these guys and he's like walking slowly and edging himself up front and then in the background we see him like on the edge of the building yeah, yeah. And he tells them their names, and then he's like, they're the devil, they're devils. Anyway, whoop, and then it hops off the thing. <laughs> Bye. And it's cool. Like, he drops a good, like, within the shot, he drops a good, like, 15 feet or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. It's, it's a pretty neat rig, however they did it. Um, and it's, and it's even though you know it's going to happen, it's still kind of like, woo. Yeah. It's still pretty startling. Uh, so, so at this point, you know fully well that Liam Neeson's involved with some real fucked up guys. Yeah. I always love it when there's just like you know that the, when people call them like the devil, <laughs> you know, they're not they're human demons, man. I also think it's funny that the bad guy is just named Ray. Ray, yeah. Ray's kind of a psycho name, though. Yeah, it is kind of a psycho name. I had a neighbor named Ray. I have actually not a, a psycho. I had but. a good friend named Ray. I still he, he just moved away, but he's a good dude. He's not psycho. I like I like the I cover the my scene. bases here. I like the scene where he's on the phone with Liam Neeson and he's like. They're like figuring out about how where to drop the money or whatever, and he's like, you know, you'll have a, you'll have a gun and a knife if you want it. And the guy's like, you know, you've seen my face. He's like, I know what you look like, Ray. <laughs> and he's he's like, like, you can wear a mask if you want. <laughs> he's like, I already know what you look like. Yeah, you can wear a mask if you want. He's like, I know what you look like. And then he's like, uh, he's like, uh, what? He's like, what do you know? And he's like, I know you're a genetic fuck up. Genetic. Fuck up. <laughs> I would have thrown you out the fucking window if I'd met you ten years ago. You know, it's, just, it's so funny. <laughs> They, these guys have a, a fantastic dynamic too, where they keep on. This is like how this movie keeps on pushing the evilness, because David Harbour yeah. does all the talking, and he's the one talking about cutting boobs off and stuff like that. Right. And so you're like, this guy just couldn't be more fucking evil. And then the other guy doesn't talk at all. But he's scary. and by the end, you're like, yeah. that guy's even more evil. Yeah. This guy has like he's long hair and like a receding evil. hairline. He wears sunglasses, and you're just kind of in the background. And yeah. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> he kind of looks like an evil Anthony Edwards uh, type of dude. I don't know. I don't know if I recognize the actor. Uh, he kind of looks like Kevin O'Connor, but it's not him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm sure he's been in others, and he's good in this. He just doesn't. He just st- sits around blankly until the very end when he gets his. his and then villain he snaps moment. into villain mode. Yeah, he's more of a psychopath than David Harbour because hmm. at least David Harbour kind of hmm. talk can talk to people or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's so that's a, a big step. 
it's pretty again very straightforward. It's just like um, I'm dealing with these psychos. Meanwhile, I gotta get meanwhile Liam Neeson uh, meets this kid at the library named TJ. Yeah, we gotta get this. Yeah, out we gotta get. So he's at the library. He's doing research, uh, reminding everyone it is 1999. So they are at the library doing research, talking about Y2K, <laughs> talking about Y2K using huge ass computers. I like and when he's, he talk, he sees the Y2K thing on the not the kid, but he's like sees he sees it in the newspaper all the yeah. Y2K stuff. He's like, man, people are afraid of the wrong. There's stuff. A, yeah, there's a lot of newspaper like. Holding up the newspaper so everyone could read the headlines yeah. and stuff in this, which is kind of corny, but I almost kind of like it for, for that. Um, but he's doing research at the library, trying to figure out whatever, and uh, he overhears his librarian kind of yelling at this kid for sleeping in the library because he's uh, homeless. And uh, Liam Neeson kind of helps him out, and he's like, oh, don't worry, he's helping me with the project. And then TJ's like, I'm not fucking helping you. Like they have, they, They're at odds for a while, and then... They form a companionship pretty quickly. He helps him use the internet. He helps him use the internet because he's an old man, and then he pays him for his for his knowledge, and then they go get food together. But we find out that TJ doesn't put meat in his body because he's very careful about what he eats, and, and he just drinks water. <laughs> the scene where the waitress comes in is like, "You want a soda or something, honey?" He's like, "I just know you like to give sugar to a black man." He's yeah. like, "No, he's like your sperm killer soda. Yeah, your sperm, sperm killer, killer soda. soda. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get a it's lot. So of, funny. We get a lot of details about TJ really quick. I yeah. love." TJ, but like we were saying earlier, I think TJ belongs in a different movie. Yeah, the kid's great though. The kid is great. Who is? I'm gonna look. It's I'm all good. It just it up. just kind of like bumps up against every, and and nothing really comes of it either. Like the, he he this kid could be a ghost. It's just to show. Oh, I God, that would have been so. He could easily be a ghost. I this is just to show that Liam Neeson, you know, he, he's a good guy. Like at the end, it, it cuts back heart. to the beginning to the flashback, and it's like he accidentally shot this kid that day, and you know, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, that'd be corny, but absolutely, I wouldn't like. I'm not saying I'd like that. Yeah. It, it just the character feels that way because he's he doesn't like nope. Hardly anybody else really interacts with him, and he's very he's pretty outlandish. He's like uh, he's like what's his name from John Q, who at the end is like ah should have been Eddie Griffin, should have been a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it's so crazy he's not. Uh, but yeah, he wants to. He wants to. He, he likes the name Dante. He wants to be a detective named Dante Cold Pepper because he likes the name Dante, Dante Cold Pepper. Minnesota Viking. Minnesota Viking quarterback. Yeah, think. he reads a bunch of detective stuff. He's all about like Philip Marlowe and shit. Which yeah. Scott Frank is as well. Oh okay. Well, yeah. he, well, he the kid goes immediately from being like, I don't know, you old man, what are you trying to, you know, touch my dick or whatever, to like seconds later being like, we're you gonna be touch partners. My dick? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Please touch my dick, sir. <laughs> Well, he's like, I got, re- I got a really big dick. I, w- I always wanted to be a detective, and I can be your partner. And he like follows him around. He's like the kid from Dick Tracy or something like that. And There's always- a really bad scene where Liam Neeson's like, "So you got a gun, did you?" And he like lectures him about the That's gun. That's pretty corny, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, looks like that kid is now a rapper. Oh, yeah. Who goes by Astro? Oh. And he's 26, living in Brooklyn. Go for him. Go for him. Knock if you buck, Astro. Knock if you buck. Would like to invite Astro to knock if you buck. Hmm. But uh, yes, he follows he follows him around. Uh, Liam Neeson has the the scene. It sort of uh, like this. All this stuff belongs in another movie, but this yeah. in particular, where he's like, he gets picked on all the time because he's a sickler or whatever. Such and he's a, a weird nerd. word. And he's a nerd. No, and he, I don't he's think into, anyone says that. He's also into like drawing comics. And uh-huh. he's a lot of. We find out a lot about. He this has kid, a lot of hobbies. Quick. A lot of hobbies. And uh, and the ki- some kids are like picking on him and stuff. And then he, he and we see him get beaten up. And he gets a gun, and, and then like Liam Neeson spots oh, it in his bag. Oh, that scene! So like, let me take a look at that gun there, son. Now cock like, it. 
You know, Take the me, safety let me off. Show you, and you now think put he, it to your head and pull a fucking trigger. Yeah, you think he's doing a, like, I'm going to show you how to use a gun properly thing, but by the end he does say, point it to your head and, you, and pull the trigger because that's what's going to happen if you carry a gun around. And you're like, ah, ah. Yeah. It's like, Can okay. we get back to the guys who want to cut people's tits off or whatever? Like, what is <laughs> this doing in the tit-cutting movie? It's yeah. very strange. What's this doing in the tit-cutting movie? <laughs> love it. <laughs> Truly love it. It's pretty wild. Uh, so that's so that's kind of cool. I mean, the, like again, I, he, the kid's good, and the scenes with him are good. But you kind of kind of keep going like, what? What is this? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I needed. I never felt like Liam Neeson's character was like unsympathetic it's or like, too hard boiled. I think that the thing that this movie is really missing is that is that it's not that Neeson's bad in it, but Scudder seems a little underwritten. There's not a lot of gravity here. Also, what are yeah. what are they doing? Are they trying to have this kid be? a type of kind of restoration of the like what he feels bad about like killing that other kid like is this a new kid right. that is takes he, the place like, yeah, if yeah. so that it doesn't really work that way yeah it, it it just sort of it sort of feels unfinished i don't know it it's also weird. feels like big chunks were cut out of it which in fact they were oh, oh okay. that explains i believe so. i believe there was a whole character that's like his that's like Neeson's partner that filmed a bunch of scenes and they just excised the character because they wanted him to be a more of a loner interesting i wonder who the partner was going to be i believe it was the actress ruth wilson huh that could have been interesting rain too. wilson <laughs> it was rain wilson that guy's hilarious. oh my god yeah, there you go. There he is, everybody. Assistant to the regional manager, what? <laughs> but basically, another drug-dealing guy, Yuri, uh, mm-hmm. presumably uh, Russian or whatever, uh, now ha- his his wife has gotten, no, his daughter. His daughter got kidnapped. Yes. These guys are moving up in the fucked-upness of their crimes. Yeah. Uh, his 14-year-old daughter has been kidnapped by these guys. And uh, and they're going through the same process with him, and and so that other guy <laughs> who noticed that Liam Neeson was good at his job recommends him. Yes, Dan Liam Stevens. Neeson, Dan Stevens, of course. How could I forget? Dan Stevens <laughs> recommends Liam Neeson to Yuri, so he gets involved in this thing. Dance, dance, devolutions. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson is just helping. Limited out. liability. Completely on off. So Gosh. proud. I, th- I, I feel like I think about that once a day. Yeah. <laughs> along, with, along with the fault in our starving. <laughs> good for you. Oh, good for me. Anyway. Uh, yes. So Liam Neeson is just exclusively helping drug dealers with their kidnapped uh, loved ones mm-hmm. deal with these psychos. They better be leaving him good reviews. Absolutely. Give me five stars on on a s- assassin. <laughs> oh look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at task the. Rabbit. I'm looking at the IMDb. <laughs> He's uh, task rabbit, the trivia. Profile. I'm looking at the trivia. Yeah. Those are the Joker steps. <laughs> they really not, are. They're not, though. That, according to this, the same I, staircase. I, I paused it, and then I looked up the Joker steps, and they don't have the middle handrail, but I guess they might have taken it out later Maybe. to film the Joker. Digitally. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what to believe, but they did look like the Joker steps. It, sa- it says on the IMDb that it is the same. Okay. 50-50 chance, I, I literally say. paused and looked it up, but I guess the... It could have been filmed or removed or whatever. You know, know. You know how, the magic uh, of cinema. You know, you know how on the IMDb you can like say whether or not the trivia was good or good or bad. You know, there's like a thumbs up Are and you a thumbs it down. A thumbs up? No, it's just that that one in particular has nine thumbs downs. Whoa! Because it's wrong. What well, has sixty-one thumbs ups? Give it another thumbs down. I'm not doing anything. We got to find out for sure. If anybody knows for sure, particularly anybody who lives in the Bronx or wherever those stairs are, let us know. 
There's another one that says, at the end in the final scene, you can see the World Trade Center Twin Towers in the background. That has 70 helpful thumbs ups. How many downs? Th 23 thumbs downs. Because it's sad. I, what? <laughs> How do you give a thumbs down to that? That well, just because, happens. Because That's it just makes indisputable. Because it makes you feel thumbs down -y. Well, it does say, was this helpful? So maybe people are like, I knew that already. That didn't help me at all. <laughs> that, that's I true. knew that it's already. Very, it's not really trivia because, yeah. I mean, it's just right there. You see it. It's, it's 70, that's just part of it. 72 filming locations were used, according to Liam Neeson. Thumbs up five. <laughs> according to Liam thumbs Neeson. Thumbs down two. I don't, I don't want to listen to Liam Neeson on that one. He doesn't know. Danielle Rose Russell's debut. Helpful. Yes, six. Five say not, not Whoa, helpful. Oh, shit. Almost 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking knew that shit. <laughs> That's so obvious. <laughs> All right. Don't be an asshole, IMDb <laughs> trivia. Meanwhile, a little check-in. Ace Ventura is 58% just lucky, 42% a good detective. Hello. 58, like, Twitter people are 58% wrong on this one. Nope. Watch right. the movie again. We're right. And watch it on 4K. <laughs> Anyhow. Just see how, how much of a good detective he is really up close and good. Well, I just want him to watch it the way the director envisioned it originally. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's Ace Ventura, pet detective we're talking about here. Uh, yes, so he's helping Yuri. There, his his daughter's been kidnapped. There's a scene where these guys are scoping out um, uh, scoping out this guy's house, and they see his daughter walk oh, by, and it's that's snaps, another stylish-ass scene. Snaps to slow motion, and you hear Donovan's Atlantis mm -hmm. playing over it. It's very zodiac -ish. And she's wearing this, like, bright red coat, and David Harbour's like, oh. I want to cut off one of her dads. Yeah, yeah. it's gross. Yeah. It's the same song that they play in Goodfellas Good when they're beating... Billy bats to death with a gun. The, ma the magician? Huh? It's yeah. one of the at the beginning of that when he tells the story of Atlantis. He's like, That's <laughs> a magician? What? <laughs> um and so yes, they, they they've kidnapped her, and now we're in the end game. We know that this is, and and this is a, a good idea of like the the way that this movie is really trying to be. I mean, we were talking about the whole tit cutting off. Like the movie's trying to be dark as fuck, like real dark night of the soul type stuff. But we know at this point, having watched this movie, and they're having introduced this kid, yes. this cute kid and stuff, where you're like, this this girl is not going to get killed. No, it's not that kind of movie. It's not seven. We're not going to do. We're not going to go all the way with this sort of thing. And uh, and they. He, Liam Neeson basically starts picking up the phone immediately when he shows up at Yuri's house, and, and, and as we've established, is good on the phone, and is like, "Here's how things are gonna go, and uh, we gotta fight. We gotta know if she's alive first. These guys are constantly not wanting to tell people whether, or not wanting them to talk to yeah. their kidnapped loved one, and and Liam Neeson's just demanding to know before he gives them any money. Yeah, yeah. And tells they, a story about the dog. Tells a story. Yeah, about he's the like, dog. say what the last dog's name was, and the na the dog's name before that one. They get the information about the dog, and so and Liam ne so Liam Neeson is very good at this. He's doing a really good job, and he gets it negotiated to them doing a handoff at the at the graveyard, a million dollars, which they which they fudge. I do like the scene where they're like talking about how much money they can pull together, and the one guy, the Russian guy, is like, "I got about two hundred fifty k right now. I'm wiped," and then Dan Stevens is like. I can uh, get you 400 in counterfeit, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just right now. Let me talk to my guy, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, right. He'll get you some of that funny money. You got any poker chips we can put in the washing machine with these? <laughs> we got to be fast before he burns it. Um, so, yeah, they put together a, a bag of money that is... Mostly like counterfeit bills. 30% real and then a bunch of counterfeit. Uh, and then we get the titular walk among the tombstones. Mm -hmm. It's a nice There's place. It's a nice, it's good place for a walk. Good place for a walk. It's nighttime, um, and this and this is just like just like in prisoners, where you're kind of like, 
It's just, it's just like any other movie. It's a, a climactic action scene thriller type thing. Yeah. Very ordinary. There is a part that's that was that I did think succeeded uh, when they're they're going for this dark, grim tone, mm-hmm. and so they they've got the girl, and they hand her off. Mm-hmm. They get the money, and they do the exchange. Everything goes pretty much by the book. Um, Except her Liam, hands all fucked. Yeah, Liam Neeson's got Boyd Holbrook with a sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah, Boyd Holbrook's junky. Not a good idea to have him give him a gun of any kind, let alone have <laughs> him rely, relying on him as a sniper. But anyways, they they hand the girl off to him. And she's like dripping blood. Yeah. And he checks, and he sees that they've cut off two of her fingers and taped them back on with yeah. duct tape. And they're like, "We <laughs> didn't. We didn't. We. But this, this happened before we talked over the phone." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they Damn. Tried to tape them back on. Yeah. They're, You're like, they're like backwards. <laughs> they could very well be. And, and I was like, "That's pretty fucking yeah. nasty." Yeah. Pretty Damn. wild. Yeah. Uh, pretty effective. Um, I should never play the piano again. And then, like, they 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 give them they they've made the exchange, and then they're saying mean words, <laughs> exchanging mean pleasantries to each other or whatever. The, they're the, the wordless psycho is like counting the money in the back, and he goes, "It's bu- it's bushwhack or whatever." <laughs> it's bushwhack, <laughs> <laughs> and it devolves into a into a chaotic shootout. Boyd Holbrook is, <laughs> I think, this doesn't happen, but he might as well like trip and shoot himself in the head with his, <laughs> with his gun. He fucking dies. Um, his brother David Harbor gets shot. Multiple times. David Harbour gets shot multiple times. He's wearing he does, a vest. He does have a vest. But he gets shot in the back then. Yeah. And he takes two in the back. But he's not dead. Nope. Him and him and his wordless uh, partner, soon to be less wordless, yeah. drive back to their house. The kid is is in the van. He's with in the them. van. And yeah. this is where you're gonna, kind of going like, oh, the final end game of this movie is going to be some dark shit with the kid getting killed or at least being put into peril. You would nope. think. But instead he just gets <laughs> sent home in a taxi. Yeah. And he's he, like, oh, just meet me at home. He follows them there, calls Liam Neeson, tells him where they are. Liam Neeson comes, gets the Puts guys. Puts in a car. Yeah. And he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go back home to my apartment where you'll be safe. And indeed he does. Yeah. And he, he says He's fine. Then you get this final kind of like messy confrontation with the psychos. Yeah. Um, I like David Harbour here where he's like, oh, I've never been shot before. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a, a little bit like um, Kurt Russell in Death Proof when they're yeah. going after him and he's going, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't think that there was going to be, this would redound upon you in any sort of way, rebound on you? think about the repercussions. Yeah. What is, why is this happening to me? What are uh, these called? Uh, consequences? <laughs> uh, I don't care for that. I didn't think there'd be any kind of comeuppance. No comeuppance. <laughs> But they, but like now at this point, David Harbor and uh, wordless guy are like plotting against each other. Now it's time for them to phase each other out because mm-hmm. the game is over. And David Harbor ends up getting garroted. Yeah. And then um, Liam Neeson and like the other two remaining gangster guys walk in, and he's just like, I think he's doing dishes or something like yeah. that. And he's like, hello. <laughs> he's just being a domestic <laughs> dude. It's, it's pretty weird. Uh, and so they like they chain him up to a radiator. And it's just sort of like Liam Neeson's basically like, I'll see you later. You, you're going to torture this guy, right? Dan Stevens. All right, Dan Stevens. Do, do what you like. I couldn't. I mean, you, they, well, cut he, his, they cut his wife up into a bunch of pieces. He's kind of like, we can get this guy put away for the rest of his life. Like, you don't have to kill him, but then he just leaves. Yeah, whatever. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm your employee. <laughs> He's kind of like he's kind of like arguing for them to just let the guy go to jail for the rest of his yeah. life, you yeah. know, because he's like, you don't want this on your conscience. And I'm like, 
No, they do. They're fine. They're drug they're dealers. Drug dealing. Probably killed I mean, a bunch Russian, of people. That Russian gangster guy, he's done worse shit to people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Russian pri- prisons make American prisons look like yeah, uh, Disneyland. Hotels, yeah. Absolutely. As we keep hearing in movie after movie. Because yeah. American prisons are famously wonderful. Right. Uh, anyways, that's a digression. <laughs> but anyways, like so, so the uh, silent guy, he's he's talking a little bit now, and he's very calm. He's a full blown like pure psychopath type of yeah. guy, and and this is the sort of thing that happens in movies like this, where uh, the guy's like, I'm gonna go find a Dan Stevens. It's like I'm gonna go find a real good implement to like torture you and cut you up with and shit. Well, I mean, we, the house has a lot of tools. Mm. Well, Liam Neeson's kind of going like, all right. He's back in his car again going like, maybe I probably better not let him torture this torture guy. Is it during this time that we, f- we get the full-on yeah, flashback yeah. about so. what, what really happened that day on the jo- possible Joker stairs? <laughs> yeah. When he was shooting this guy on the Joker stairs, one of the bullets, as he says, took a nasty hop. Because <laughs> that's what Americans say. Yeah. This is what this is what we hear. This is in a conversation that he like the fi- one of these final conversations he has with TJ, where he's telling him his whole yeah. story. And uh, the bullet took a nasty hop, and he, Liam Neeson drunkenly stumbles back up the stairs again and sees that the bullet went over and shot uh, and like hit a young, like an eight year old girl in the eye, yeah, killed yeah. her instantly. Sucks. And uh, no, <laughs> this is a funny, it's a funny line of dialogue. Yeah, that sucks. It truly sucks, though. It's <laughs> a funny line of dialogue where the kid goes, uh, TJ goes. That's an accident. The cops quit your ass for that. And he goes, I quit my own ass. <laughs> I like, there's a there's a part, too, where he tells that story sort of in the AA meeting, and he's like, I quit drinking that day. just wasn't that much fun after that. And yeah. people, people, like, chuckled. And then he says it again, or it's another flashback to that, and, like, no one laughs. It's like, I think drinking would be more fun if I was that miserable. But what do you want? <laughs> um, so that, so that explains that. And so, and so he's, like... Oh, and we really forgot to mention during this final shootout, and actually, basically during the last basically act of the movie, the a woman. This is the cross cut between a woman in Liam Neeson's AA meeting recounting the steps oh, yeah. of the AA, yeah. the twelve steps, and yeah. she's saying them verbatim while this like climactic action scene with the gunfights is happening. Yeah, I didn't care for that. <sighs> it's poetic. Baby. It is. Yeah, it's obviously trying to do a thing, and then you kind of watch it, and you're like, ah. Don't know. Yeah, if you are, you're, you're you're just overlaying this and hoping that it works. It was not needed at all. It's yeah. not needed, and I don't know if it necessarily works. The whole AA thing didn't really work. I'm that's my whole thing with this movie is like all these attempts to make it heavy and have a lot of gravity just kind of they kind of they kind of well, they keep undercutting themselves too yeah. by like being like oh but we can't go like too hard but then we're gonna keep this in but then we're gonna add this yeah and it's like just tell you know story. take off one accessory before you leave the home <laughs> so you know yeah. what I mean that's spin around good. the mirror real quick. First thing you see, take it take off. Take it off. Yeah, it's a bit. There is just like a bit much in this movie, isn't there? Like, yeah. come on, and, but you, not in the fun, good way. No, like it's not wa- too much wild shit that I'm like, yeah, let's right. go. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. too much. Like we don't need it. I think some of the best stuff about it is how is how straightforward it is, mm-hmm. and then and then it's not at these times, and you're kind of like, oh, why? Um, but anyways, um, yes. Yeah, so, so so Liam Neeson is back in his car, and he's like. I can't just leave this as it is. While well, a guy tortures, I gotta be. A t- I'm trying to be a good man now because of the twelve steps or whatever. And he goes back in, and during this time, wordless psycho guy has gotten free, mm-hmm. butchered up. Uh, Dan Stevens. Yep. Liam Neeson goes down the stairs, but Dan Stevens is like all butchered on the stairs, and he slips on his blood, <laughs> falls down there, and then he gets up. And he's like, whoa, whoa, and then wordless psycho comes up behind him. They just start to have a fight. They just have a fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he tries to get him with the wire again. He's yep. garroting him. Liam Neeson gets his gun under the garret wire and is, like, shooting and missing him. Yeah. And then at a certain point, uh, does succeed in killing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, there's just nothing to it. It's just a fight scene, and Liam Neeson wins at the end. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes home to his apartment. And his new and son. TJ is li- is in the apartment with <laughs> his, him. His new boy. His new boy. That's my boy now. <laughs> now you're my son. <laughs> <laughs> and my atonement is complete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he looks at him, and the kid's sleeping. He's like, I guess that all pretty much worked out pretty good. The end. The end. <laughs> oh, yeah. and then and there's a weird cover of Black Hole Sun over the uh, cover of oh Black, my God. Black was, Hole that Sun. Was crazy. By a band called Swan. <laughs> and it's one of those, they do this all the time now. It's, it's, sad cover. it's always in previews Black for like dark. This sort of thing is always in previews yeah. for dark um, new comic book movies mm-hmm. or something. Right, yeah. The like, slow they, down cover. Yeah, you'll hear like thunder. And then in super, like everybody's in super slow mo and it'll be like, you know. Y'all ready for I just this? want someone to stay with me. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> knock if you buck. Slob on my knock. Corn go. on the cob. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly that though. Like that that thing became became such a, a tedious cliche. Oh, they love so it. Fast. People love it. It's like it's like a new rendition of like uh, creepy movies where it's just like la 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 la. But it's now it's like pop music or it's like classic rock, but slow down. Slow down, popular. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's so that's that. That is that. That's the end. Uh, you know, here's a part here where this is Liam Neeson and his stellar phone work. Of course, this is after he tells um, David Harbor that he's a genetic fuck up. He goes, "You can take your little, you know, we'll pay you your money. You come and give us the girl back, and you can take your little Bert and Ernie act to the other <laughs> side of the country." <laughs> Bert and Ernie act. It's because they live together. Pretty, they do live together, and that actually really reminded me of this movie that we, this awful movie that we did called Captivity. Oh God! Do you remember that where yes. the two, it was two like psycho killers that lived kind of domestically with each other, and it was the same sort of dynamic. Uh, Seven thirty, like TJ uses has a lot of terminology that oh, we yeah. get to learn. Seven thirty that. He's like, what are you, some sort of 7.30 case or something? 7.30, what's that? 7.30, the time that they give out the meds in the mental ward. Oh, that's what? Noise. That's not a very good line. I guess. Uh, there's there's like parts there's like a part in it where he's t- you know saying slang or whatever and Liam Neeson's classic in classic fashion goes why don't you speak fucking English to him <laughs> 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 uh, great a clucker he says a chicken head you know those females that only like you if you give them something nice <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you ain't blinging blinging you ain't seeing shit <laughs> can't you speak English he says to him it's great. <laughs> Uh, the, there's a part in the very the very opening scene where Liam Neeson is before he's reformed in any sort of way and he's having this conversation with his partner who clearly hates him. Uh, and the, the 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 conversation ends, you know, they're they're basically fighting or whatever. And like the conversation ends with Liam Neeson going like, "Is that it? Fuck you!" And then walks in. <laughs> <out of the laughs> yeah, that's when like, he's, his partner's trying to tell him he's got to quit drinking. <laughs> Fuck you. Fucking Amish got more flavor than you do, Matthew. Mm. Something that TJ says to him. Yeah, Matthew. I don't like that. <laughs> That's good enough. I or, like there. There's there's a line where uh, Dan Stevens is like, uh, he used to be a cop, 
He's like, you know, what, why'd you quit? And he's like, uh, well, you know, I didn't like the hours. He makes yeah. some joke. And, and he's like, no, it was the corruption. It was the corruption that got to you, right? He's like, no, it wasn't the corruption. I couldn't make a living without the corruption. Yeah. It helped my family out yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, ratings. Uh, I'm going to give it three Juds. Mm. I want to give it three and a half. I probably would have given it three and a half the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But no. It kind, of, it kind of fell a little flat for me this time. Um, as we'll see when we get through the rest of these movies, I think Scott Frank is a much better writer than he is a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it like one Douglas for not because of any like nudity or anything, but because just the yuckiness of the crimes. And, you know, the guy's a pederast. The tit talk. Yeah, the tit talk. Thank you for coming to my tit talk. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my tit talk. Uh, and I'm going to give it um, a 10 out of 10 sperm killer sodas. Damn it. <laughs> How many Douglases did you give it again? One. Okay. Uh, Douglas. <coughs> uh, I'm going to give it three as well. I think it's a quintessential three where it's, it is doing fun, doing what it's fundamentally trying to do. You're like, you told, you told this story. For the most part, it was pretty straightforward. Some of it, I thought some of the style and the in, the big swings worked out pretty well, and some of them didn't, as as we discussed. But uh, in the end, it's certainly not a bad movie. So, um, and I'm glad I saw it. You know, I for the most part enjoyed it. So that's a that's a three Judd right there. Mm. I'll also give it one. I'll give it one and a half for all the talk of cutting tits off and stuff like that. That's pretty gnarly. And uh, I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Uh, driven over tombstones. There's a there's a part where like all the shit's hitting the fan. They're driving there, which is weird because the movie's not called a drive over the tombstone. No, it is a walk among. <laughs> we were promised a walk among, not a drive over. <laughs> but it reminds me of one of my favorite. Sorry, but like uh, one of my favorite Simpsons lines of all times, mm. where they're driving through a graveyard, and knocking over tombstones, and Bart goes, "Dad, it's bad luck to drive over to knock over tombstones." And Homer goes, "Really? I heard good." <laughs> the idea that knocking over tombstones might be good luck. Pretty funny. I heard good. Yeah, good. Stuff. Okay, um, I'm going to give it three Juds. I also thought that this was good. There was a lot of extra shit that didn't need to happen, but it was a, it was a, it kept my attention. It kept, uh, it was suspenseful, whatever. David Harbour was psycho. He did good at that. Liam Neeson's great. I don't know. It was just, it was just solid. Three Juds, fine. I'm actually going to give it two Douglases, and Whoa. usually I give it less. And I, I just think the. The kidnapping and all the flashes of the women being like sexually tortured and then cut up just really fucking hit me. It was not fun. Uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten bags of guts. Mm. Gut bags. Mm. Yeah, that scene. That, that scene, like I was saying, with the with the tape, ending with the tape on the woman's mouth, mm-hmm. is probably the most effective scene in the whole movie. Oof. Where it really does, it really does get you to go, damn, that was fucking nasty. Yeah. Uh, all right. Speaking of damn, that was fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, <laughs> yeah, not, I guess. Not the best intro to the probably PG-13 rated movie, The, the Lookout. 2007's The Lookout. Let's start at the end. Can't tell a story if you don't know where it's going. Now that's the end. Now what happened before that? Once upon a time. I had the perfect life. Now I have to write everything down just to make it through the day. Any problems this week? Nope. Crying. 
Raging. Oh. Taking your meds? I want you to write down bank extra clean in your little notebook. That's Chris Pratt. My friend would like to buy you a drink. Gary Spargo? We know each other. I was in your sister's class. I heard what happened to you. And everyone was talking about how you woke up this other guy. Directed by, written and directed by Scott Frank. Scott Frank. Again. Uh, yeah. Starring Joe Golev, Jeffy Daniels, Jeffrey Daniels. <laughs> Jeffy Daniels. Jeffy D. Oh, Matthew Good. Oh, Matthew Good. The indie uh, rocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watchman's Matthew Good. Also, that's if right. There, if He's Osmandius. Yes. Yeah. If there are any Matthew Good fans within the sound of my voice, I strongly <laughs> urge you to watch that show uh, uh, about, about the making of The Godfather. Oh. oh, yeah. In which he plays Robert Evans. Yes. And it is fucking hilarious. I've seen the. I've not, well, I've not watched the show, but I've seen the clips. And, and indeed. He's amazing in yeah. it. The show is whatever. It's fun. But oh my God. <laughs> he was always kind of an actor who was just there for a lot of time. And, and then that, I feel like that's, to me, to me at least, that that performance well, came out of fucking nowhere. He's no Dan Stevens. Yeah, he's no Dan Stevens. Ooh, Dan Stevens. Mm. Mm. Dance, dance, devolutions. <laughs> dance, dance, devolutions. Devolutions. Uh, <laughs> but Matthew, Matthew Good is, is perfectly... It's pretty close. <laughs> oh, boy. Matthew Good is perfectly fine in this. But Matthew Good is good, lowercase You know, who's pretty good in this is uh, Jogo Lev. I think that this might be Jogo Lev's best performance. I It's up there for sure. Usually I'm kind of annoyed at him. Yeah. So, I feel like a lot uh, of people do not. that way. I generally don't yeah. like him. I like him in this. I like him in Brick a lot. Oh, yeah, he's great in Brick. He's fun in Inception. I had no problem with him in Inception. I think yeah. he's perfectly fine. I liked him in the most re- uh, his most recent episode of Poker Face. Yeah, it was great in Poker yeah. Face because that, that was like that was also the best episode of Poker Face. But still, uh, yeah, it was one, certainly one of the best. I mean, it was a hell of a show. Yeah. Um, but he, anyway. he gets to he gets to play. I mean, well, but long story short, he plays a guy with bra- brain damage brain in this, and I think he does a he really plays good a job. A guy named Chris Pratt with a brain injury. <laughs> Which made me <laughs> unbelievable. Too much fun. Too much fun watching this movie. And it's like they knew beforehand yeah. because you they they say his full name. They constantly. say his full name all the time. And you see it written down if you, if you if you go on my ex profile. I, I posted it on Blue Sky too, but it got these pictures that I took of both uh, people talking to him and saying his name, Chris Pratt, but also notes. And he's got a card because he's has brain damage, and he's got a card I'm that says, Chris Pratt. "My name is Chris Pratt. I have brain damage. Give me a fucking break over here, yeah. like whatever it is." I wish it actually said, "Give me a fucking break over <laughs> Give here." Me a fucking break. One of them is Isla Fi- Isla Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. He's giving him a note that says, "I can't believe I fucked Chris Pratt." I <laughs> love that. And this came out. What did we just say? Two thousand seven. And Chris Pratt it wasn't even uh, Parks and Rec didn't start until two thousand eight. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he'd even so been he didn't even exist. prominent. I mean, he was yeah, just he, a glimmer in, stuff, in his daddy's but... nutsack at this point. <laughs> wow. Uh, but um, he grew up quick. <laughs> he grew up real quick. Daddy's Pratt sack. He grew, oh. he grew up and got <laughs> insufferable Pratty's real Chris quick. Sack. <laughs> Pratty's 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 Chris sack. Um, Pratty daddy. Pratty is a picture. Pratty woman. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am still laughing. But we, as long as you keep laughing, I will keep going. Oh God! <laughs> but we need to get, we need to discuss why he has this, this special kind of. We brain need damage. to discuss the devastating Firefly prom night accident. <laughs> 
it, it seems like it's a bad idea to get wasted, get behind the wheel of the car, drive really fast on a dark road, and turn the headlights off. He's doing I a saw bad this job from a mile away. As soon as it opened, I was like, "They're getting in a car accident." Oh yeah, because it's it's prom night, four teens, roofless car. Some call it a convertible, <laughs> and. <laughs> driving, driving. What's it going to take for me to get you behind the vehicle of this? Uh, behind the wheel of this beautiful vehicle. Well, Mr. Car Dealer, sir, I want I want mine to be roofless. Roofless. <laughs> Give me the most roofless car that you got. <laughs> Some like roofless people. I like roofless cars. Roofless car, please. Uh, um, no roof. <laughs> and they're they're driving in this on this farm road. <laughs> And it's gorgeous when you turn the light off because there's all these fireflies. God damn it, Matt. Yeah. Roofless. It's a roofless car. I'm never going to get over that. Roofless. Hilarious. Roofless people. Funniest thing I've ever heard. Uh, it's it's great, but but they do this really quick. They get it out of the way really, really quick. And just from their general demeanor with each other, you get the dynamic of all these people. It's it's him, They're this other him, his girlfriend, and and another couple. And his girlfriend like, and him like look at each other like we love each other. I love you. We've got a future. And then they go. <laughs> and the couple the couple in the back are literally standing up. We've got a future. Yeah. The back the couple in the back are like standing up, and they turn off the lights so you can see all the fireflies, and they're reaching for it. And then they're like, all right, you know, turn the lights on, and just. Gordon Levitt's like, no, there's more up here. I'm not going to. And then they're like, no, turn the lights on. Like, turn the lights on. And then his girlfriend's like, turn the fucking lights on. And he's like, okay. And then they turn the lights on, and there's a giant combine. It's a combine. A a thresher, if you will. It's a big uh, wheat pusher. The thresher has a roof on it. That's a a, a roofed thresher. It's a roofed thresher. It's a roofed, a fully roofed thresher. thresher. It's roofed. Yeah, it's, or roofed. It's the best thresher it's scene. Gonna, it's gonna, it's, I, I would prefer my car to be roofless. <laughs> can I get roofless if I can? It's the best thresher scene since Prime Cut, I would have to say. Oh, yeah? What about Prime Superman Cut. 3? Is there a thresher in Superman 3? Yeah. God damn it. I gotta give it to Prime Cut. Mm. I mean, come on. I'm going with Superman three. But anyways, they you know like they just pretty much cut away from it. We get to see some of the aftermath and flash flashbacks later on, but we basically just cut Thresh from bags. like, well, that that can't be good. Yeah. And then, yeah, because no one was wearing a seatbelt, and the couple was standing up. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's a roofless car. And we we cut almost immediately to uh, the the shot that was in the um the DVD menu mm-hmm. when, when I put it on. It was just it was just kind of funny because I didn't know anything about this movie, and then the DVD menu comes up, and you know sometimes they'll show a clip from the from the movie on the DVD menu, and you get just like the slightest tiny bit of like what this movie might be like. Yeah, and it's just Joseph Gordon-Levitt looking to the mirror and looking in the mirror and crying. <laughs> and they're like, oh boy, here we go, play movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my letterbox review is 500 days. Of bummer. Oh my! That's, you can say the same thing about that that, that movie, though. Yeah. Uh, that's. I think that movie is like a huge part of why people don't like Joseph Gordon. I mean, that's a, that whole movie is a whole reason. That movie is a whole reason. I just don't like that movie. I mean, that I began just, that whole this, the snowball effect against him. Movie. I feel and like. Zoe and Zoe D. And Zoe D. Yeah, Every, like everybody just jettisoned everything about that. What movie. do we got in here? Purple stuff. Zoe D. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, roofless car. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, so like, so this is his life now. This is pretty quick. This is probably like five minutes into the movie, yeah. and now he's like, you get these voiceovers just like Don John. Well, it's got it's got a lot of memento-y stuff going on. Like, here's what I thought my, this here's what my problem be... is. Here's how I adapt with yep. it. Here's how I handle the fact that I don't have any good memory anymore, and I'm like uncoordinated and stuff. I thought this movie was gonna be a lot more memento-y. 
yeah. uh, than it is. It's no. just Instead only it's mem- just not very good. It's it's not great. It's not it's it's only memento in the fact that he has a weird and inexplicable mental illness. I mean, it, right. He's got brain damage and it affects and it affects him in oddly random sorts of ways. Yeah, like he has trouble remembering stuff. He can't. Uh, he, you know, he like loses coordination, things like that. Things like the normal stuff, but he does at one point say, and it's only said once, and then they don't ever address it later on that he has synesthesia. Do you right. remember? Yeah. He's like sometimes I can smell music or whatever. Yeah. You're like, wait, okay, so the dizziness pretty normal. Did you just say you can smell music? Right. Nah, we don't. We don't need to get back to that or anything. <laughs> But like to to Joseph, Joseph, and this is why the performance works so well is that he really sticks to what he's doing the mm-hmm. entire way through. There's never any moments where it feels like he's breaking through, and we're like yeah. getting like, oh, he's penetrating through the fog. He seems like he's in the fog the entire way through. Yeah. And when he is like having moments of clarity, it still feels like it's through the fog. Right. It's like um, it's disciplined. It's a pretty disciplined yeah, it's performance. Yeah, it's a good performance. He's which is it. important because his mental illness and his brain damage is so weird and unspecific. Yeah. It just is what it is at any given time. And uh, he lives with Jeff Daniels, who's blind. Uh-huh. And we, le- we learn later that Jeff Daniels is blind because when he was a kid, he cooked meth and he, the fumes burned his eyeballs out. Yucky. <laughs> Never once, kids. <laughs> don't, don't do meth. Never. Not e- well, once. Hmm. Just do it once, just so you can taste it. I that. mean, it, it is really fun. It's it's fucking great. Oh, it's really good. But just do it once. Yeah. Even though it's pretty affordable and you can get it almost anywhere. Just do it once. Yeah. You know why you got to watch out for that fentanyl now. Oh. But if you even hear, if even if, if somebody you, even if, says the word fentanyl, you, you might pass die. out. Yeah, you can just pass out. Yeah. Somebody said the word fentanyl over the phone to me. I woke up in the in the ER. In the ER, yeah. They said I'd been out for two weeks. Yeah. Incredible. Very real, whenever that happens. Yeah, it's a very it's real thing that happens. A yeah. real thing. Um, but yes, uh, Carlo Gugina. Carlo Gugino. Carlo Gugina is in it. Yes. Carlo, Carlo, Carlo Gugino, which is it that yeah. I call it? You call it a Car- Carlo Gugino. Carlo Gugino. Hey. But she's just, it's just a, a cameo. Yeah, it's uh, a small one scene. Of his, she's just one of his caseworkers. But mostly he lives And he with, tries to hit on her, too. I be, yes, because he that's one of his deals is that he blurts out. Awkward stuff. I yeah. want to see you naked. Yeah. Uh, I want to have sex with you really bad right now. Oh, man. Did I just say that out loud? I got this thing. I crashed into a threshold. Here's my time. here's my brain damage card. Sorry I said something <laughs> creepy, creepy to you just now. I want to cut one of your tits off. Oh, ah, did I say that dude, out loud? Shit. God damn it. Uh, yeah. That's- and also, Jeff Daniels, though, is like a massive flirt. Yeah. He likes to say, he likes to tell funny jokes, things like that. Yes, he is um, okay with his blurting out of stuff. He's like, nobody fucking cares about me. I'm a blind guy. <laughs> it's true. I really like him. He's great in this. He's a, yeah. I actually thought that he would be a ghost too. <laughs> that, that would but be we funny. are, but we are totally introduced to him like at his job, like at a call center or something. So like, you really can't do that and yeah. have a character still be a ghost <laughs> later on. <laughs> no, they were a ghost. They were at a ghost call center. Uh, but yes, and he is much better at at, at coping with his disability. So he's kind of like coaching uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt through his new life. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, <clears throat> taking classes, and pretty, and uh, he's also working, I believe, like part time at a bank as a janitor. Yes, and that and he wants to he wants to work behind the counter one day. Wants to work behind the counter one day, and that's a very important detail. His manager isn't so keen on the idea. 
yeah, I didn't recognize him anywhere, but he his manager's a little bit condescending to him, and he's like, I want to work behind the counter someday. And he's kind of like, uh, you know, when you work behind the counter at a bank, it is like money and <laughs> numbers, and you seem like yeah, you seem like you're pretty dizzy and in a fog all the time, and you constantly say you want to see my Seems dick. like you have brain damage. <laughs> Seems like you have brain damage. And you have synesthesia, which doesn't come up. We don't want you smelling the money because you think it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> this money smells like classical music or yeah. whatever it is. Um, so he's uh, not interested in granting him his dream. Yeah. We also find out that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is uh, from a, ri- a prominent rich family. Yes. Which actually Daddy kind is of, Bruce McGill. Of the two little little strands that it could go from, mm-hmm. where when the criminals end up starting to like take the, him under their wing, yeah. it could go either way. Like, right. we're going to use you to... Fuck over your fam, your rich family, or the bank. Yeah, it ends up being the bank. Yeah, but Bruce McGill is the daddy. Yeah, and you had and you had some feelings about <laughs> he that. He is yeah. the daddy. <laughs> I forget what my feelings were about this. I know I had them at the time. He said he he spooked you, or he he, he made you feel <laughs> he, he up, scared he made you, you feel upset. Did I say that Bruce well, McGill scared you in this role? <laughs> let me look. Something let me like look that. at the text thread here and see what I said because I I really don't remember. Bruce McGill, daddy. I think you, you did call him Zaddy. At one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Menacing, tough dad energy, tough love dad energy made me feel yucky. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, because, like, just, just because it wasn't good. Because, like, Joe Golev is like, hey, we need some money to open this restaurant. We want to make sandwiches. And Bruce McGill is like, absolutely not. You're stupid. You know, and it's <laughs> and, just sort of like. He does mm. the thing where he always makes it very clear that he could help his son out, but he wants his son to do more. Yeah, to, and to earn it. He's mad at him because, of the, you know, you fucked up your life because you were you're stupid it that was, time. It was, it was real. Really stupid. Yeah, what you did. It was just like the, the as much as you can go, go to deserving what happened to you. Right, I mean, it's a, quite a fuck up. Uh, I liked the scene where they are trying to get a loan oh my to God. open the sandwich place. The and sandwich place's name. Lose your lunch. Lose, because because Jeff Daniels is Lewis. Yep. And they're gonna call lose it lose your, your lunch. lunch. Like Lou apostrophe S, your lunch. And uh, I really like the scene where he's talking to the loan officer. Jeff Daniels talking to the loan officer. He's like, we can we can name one of the sandwiches after you. And the guy's like, no, that's really not necessary. He's like, come on, come on. We can name What's your name? <laughs> and the guy goes, Reuben. <laughs> and he goes, what's your middle name? <laughs> it's a good joke. He tells some good jokes in this. I like Monte Cristo. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hoagie. Ruben Monte Cristo Hoagie. Ruben Hoagie Monte Cristo is my name. It's a strange <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> I also like the joke he tells me. He's like, uh, tell him Joe Golev a joke. He goes, uh, what do you call oh. a mushroom that walks into a bar and buys everybody a drink? Oh, you got me. A fun guy. You should have been able to guess that, dude. Good joke. Well, yeah. he can't guess anything, though. Because he has brain damage. Because he has the brain damage. which Because yeah. <laughs> he listens to all that rap music that gives you the brain damage. Slurred speech, blurts, a, blurts things out, has synesthesia, can't get jokes. You know, yeah, Doesn't get jokes. You know, brain damage. Um, uh, so one night he's in this bar, and Matthew Good is in the bar as well. Mm-hmm. What happens? Matthew Sweet uh, approaches him <laughs> and, <laughs> and is... And he's basically like charming. He's also like one of these charming charmer guys who has like ladies, oh, like hot ladies. At his and his name is Gary Spargo. Gary Spargo, the hottest name I've ever heard. Gary Spargos. We're going to Spargos tonight. Gary Spargo. Yeah, and he's got Isla Fisher. We're going to Spargos. Isla Fisher. Isla <laughs> Fisher is his, place. is his sexy lady <laughs> friend, star whose name is Lovely. L U V L E. Lovely lemons. L U V. Lovely lemons. 
Yeah, he you know, and and then he eventually leads them to a whole house full of scumbags, but that really reminded me of Christopher Walken's House of Scumbag. In oh God! House. Yeah, in, uh, in at close range. Yeah, it's like the, like the same exact. Don't worry about that guy. He's just got epilepsy. We're like we're just like a, a family of loathsome creeps. It's, who do it's the together. same weird like triggering like dirty party weed pad. <laughs> yeah, that it's just like uh, it was, like you enter the house and you immediately are like. I was surprised that Dash Mihawk wasn't one of the scumbags. Get Dash Mihawk in there. What are yeah. we doing? Um, so Matthew Good is apparently super charming, and, and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt watches him first hit on this girl by going, I thought I was attractive, or I thought I was good looking. And so Joseph Gordon-Levitt writes it down in his notebook to try out, but since he has brain damage, uh, he doesn't like put the emphasis Right, and so he looks at a girl and goes, "I thought I was good looking." I thought I was good looking, and she's like, "Maybe you were." <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, oh God. it's kind of funny. It is uh, kind of funny. He looks at her, and he's also like, can barely. Sm- he's basically also lost the ability he to smile. He has a bl- he has blank face. So he's got blank face, and he's like, "I thought I was good looking," <laughs> and she's like, "Excuse me." I th- I thought I was good looking. <laughs> Stick a feather in your ass. Pretty fucking cold Maybe out, isn't you it? Were. <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, and he also. Is almost is it, this is all kind of t- this is taking place in the Kansas City and its environs, and so and he was almost kind of a little bit of a legend because he was from a famous family and I think he was a really he was good a hockey star. hockey star yeah he was and popular. so people know of him and so people are like weren't you Chris Pratt or weren't you aren't you Chris Pratt weren't you you, you used to be great and he's like yeah I used to be great sure and then I killed my friend sure I used to be great thrasher. and Isla Fisher is also like uh, you know lovey. Is like, man, I, I used to have such a crush on you, Mister, and, uh, and all this. Mister J, I had such a crush on you. Crush on you, dear. And uh, <laughs> and he's always just blankly looking back at him. Oh, like he's just no way. Everything's always kind of within grasp, but he can't quite get to it. Um, but yeah, he gets quickly, quickly. Dry. I don't think anybody other than Jeff Daniels. He just doesn't have any friends or yeah. anything. And so he quickly gets drawn into this. Um, Family, this family, close rangey family of scumbags, and Jeff Daniels is kind of suspicious of these guys right off the bat. Of course, of yeah. course, who are, they and just came so. up to you and befriended you, and they yeah. have. It sure seems like somebody's running a game on you of some kind. I like, I like the scene where they go over for Thanksgiving, and uh, and he starts <laughs> talking to, to Isla Fisher, and Isla Fisher is like waving her hands in front of his face. He's like, "Please tell me you're not waving your hands in front of my fucking face." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, "Well, have you always been blind?" He's like, "No, no." He's like, "I looked at the sun too long." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I've heard of that happening, but I never knew. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And then he like really, he later is like, no, that didn't actually. Well, he, tell, he does tell the story. He's like, he's like, I was cooking meth, and she's like, oh, did you blow yourself up? And he's like, do I look like I blew myself up? He's really not nice to her. To Jeff Daniels, <laughs> he's just not having any right yeah. out of the gate. But I do like all that shit where he gets like all flirty. There's that scene in the diner where he's like hitting on the waitress. I forget what he says to <laughs> the waitress. Like, what is what's that perfume? And she's like obsession. He's like, <laughs> consider me obsessed. Consider me obsessed. <laughs> and Joe Golev gets mad at him, and he's like, will you stop fucking flirting all the time? And, jo- and Jeff Daniels oh, is like, no. Can you stop being such a blind that's dork I, all the time? That's when I text you guys because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, who in their right mind would want to go up and fuck a blind guy who dresses like Larry? Flint. Yeah. And I literally, I have the biggest crush on Jeff Daniels in this movie for some reason. I wish you had said you had the biggest crush on Larry Flint, but that comes, that comes I have up a twice. biggest crush on Woody Harrelson as Larry Flint. Oh, thanks, Emily. It's real nice. <laughs> How about real that? Real nice. You want to help that? me out of my wheelchair here, into my, into my hot tub? <laughs> 
into into this giant safe that I live in. <laughs> he lives in a giant well, it's safe. A, it's a First Amendment issue for you to blow me, okay? <laughs> I'm re- prepared to argue this in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, but like, I don't, uh, I don't. Why, I guess I don't. Why, know. why did I do that? <laughs> I, I guess I don't know what Larry Flint dresses like. But I was it's like, sweatsuits, what? like sweatsuits. Oh, is it sweatsuits? I was like, okay, Larry. I Flint. mean, that's. I literally only know this from the People versus Larry Flint, which is my only frame of reference. Great which we did on the Patreon uh, a couple months ago. Check Look it out. Up. Great episode. It was a really good movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, it turns out. Um, but yes, so like one of the scenes um, before he starts to get more fully invested in um, in the crime, the crime house mm-hmm. is is just one of those scenes that maybe the, and maybe this is true to somebody's um, experiences or whatever. But I would I would think was like some sort of red flag where he's like where it's um, whatever the guy's Matthew Sweet and his, and his <laughs> Matthew girl, just fine. Ma- Matthew's just okay and and his and his girlfriend and then Isla Fisher is going to pair up with Jogo Lev. They take mm. him they they they've been hanging out at a bar. They go back to his house and cut to uh Jogo Lev and Isla sitting on a couch in front of this door which is where Matthew Sweet's bedroom is and he's just plowing his girlfriend in there while they're kind of like awkwardly going like so what he was just like just sit here while I go fuck my girlfriend and then it'll be fine. <laughs> And of course, the idea yeah. is to like you like, know. Then you'll fuck that a girl. Eventually, this, and we'll this gets all be this sex. gets used, seduced, that whole sort of thing. But it just wouldn't wouldn't you feel a little awkward to be? Yeah, like, you'd feel awkward. You'd feel creeped out. But those kind of <laughs> you're houses just go, are just like you're just gonna go in there and loudly fuck your girlfriend while we sit here. Okay. But also, Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't think he was gonna have another chance to get laid. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like. Of course you can, dude. Like you're not a bad looking guy and you're Looks not like you're just... not like you know, like you can still like talk and hang out. I I I'm going to give him a little more credit. I think he puts himself down too hard. I think he I think well, it's, Absolutely. it's I, I think a lot of it is attitude, for sure. <laughs> a lot but, of it's attitude. He's got to wake up with a more positive mindset. But he really did earn a, a pretty a negative self-image of himself. You got to That admit. is true. I it would be quite quite difficult to get over killing all your best friends <laughs> except for your girlfriend who you thought was going to be the love of your life and now she won't even talk to you. Yeah, and there there's a fairly uh I I guess it's a dream sequence, but throughout the whole movie you do see him seeing his girlfriend, who I do believe survived the accident, but you just see her like walking in the distance. Like, uh, so when... I wasn't sure if that was a dream. Se- I know that it was a dream sequence when he like imagines actually going up and talking to actually her, going up and talking, and to like her. seeing her like fake leg or whatever. But I thought that the whole thing was that he does frequently see her in town and she just ignores him. I think that's happening. I mean, but you have to put this kind of together in your head, and it's, yeah. it's not. I think I think in a good way, it's not fully explained. Right. He'll he'll just like see her every now and again. I do believe that that's true because she. We know yeah. for for a fact that she did survive, and then at a certain point, kind of towards the end of the movie, and this is you know part of his kind of breakthrough at mm. the end, he has a in his mind he has like this fan fantasy meetup with her where she's going like, I missed you. I missed you. It's so good to see you again. And he and he, you can sort of tell that he's like a little bit alarmed at how well this is going. He's like, oh, and then she I goes, missed you too. She goes, did you have you have I shown you yet? She's she like, what? what? And she like pulls up her skirt and yeah. shows him his her fake leg. So and, then I, he goes, and then he comes back and he's like, ah. I in a in a better movie, 
I think she should have pulled up her skirt and it was like a crazy gross ass like gash like like you oh, know if really it, if gnarly because if it was this fantasy sequence and it's supposed to jolt him back into reality it should have been like what her leg looked like right after the crash it's just spurting blood yeah it's just that like it's been... like some like Cronenberg like nasty ass shit you know I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if they kind of tried to do something like that and then and then, and they, then did you because did, did you say this is PG thirteen right? I don't it feels like it, it. May, this it's I don't know. We should probably look it up. It's pretty violent at times when it gets I violent. Spo- I guess I it could go. It could go either way. I just would have. Ra- I just would have rather a bleeding, uh, gross, goopy ass stump than a than a nice uh, whatever they're called. It would be more. Fake it leg. would be more of an upsetting Prosthetic. like jolt back into reality. Yeah, that's what thing. that's what I was thinking. But I still thought it was fairly effective. With yeah. Just just for him because it's clearly something that harder. he's been dwelling at. One of the one of the reasons why he's crying in front of the mirror and. All that sort. I of mean, thing. that would that would be rather difficult to uh, feel better about. Let's just say, you know, it's R-rated. Especially, I would just keep hearing in my in my head my friends being like, "Turn the lights on, turn the lights on," and me just not doing it. It would have been one thing if everyone was having a good time, and then like you know, you crashed into the thresher. But the fact that everyone was like, "Come on, like turn the lights back on," like we're serious. All of them. <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, we're no way! Break there's time. more fireflies up here." As soon as I turn those lights on, it's going to turn out we've driven off a cliff. It's like the... Jesus Christ. It's the Wile E. Coyote effect. Um, (laughs) Just drive into a brick wall that's painted like more road. (laughs) (laughs) Who put that there? God damn it. Um, But yeah, that's... I thought we were going to the old mill. (laughs) But in in this scene where he's... like He he, he does end up hooking up with with Isla and... uh, after after Matthew Sweet like walks out naked in front of him, like you guys having a good time anyway, gonna go back in there and keep fucking my girlfriend. Then he has sex with Isla. Isla get, writes the aforementioned note to him that says, "I yeah. can't believe I fucked Chris Pratt." <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, there's all, I think all, I'll, all I'll post things. it again when we post. He this starts episode. handing that to people instead of his brain damage card. <laughs> this might help. Yeah, he's writing down all this stuff, which is which is uh, very important later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his the the thing that they repeat over and, and this is exactly like Memento. He's got his little mantras. Yeah, except he has a mantras. notebook. He's not just writing it on his goddamn body. Like, I wake up in the morning. You, does he say it? I wake up or I woke up. I wake up. I wake up in the morning. I cry. I wash. He says I take with a shower soap. With, with soap. soap. Yeah. I don't know why important. that grossed me out. Every time he said that, I was like. Like you were taking some like, showers with that. Well, he would for, he would soap. forget to do it. Forget to use with the soap. soap. That's part of his, his part of his weird mental. Uh, illness. I smell colors. I don't <laughs> use soap. <laughs> I smelled feelings. I saw. Which is why I, I don't use soap. Odors. I don't smell myself. I just smell colors. So I use soap. Just I just have synesthesia. I don't. Uh, it doesn't play into the plot at all. But I do have synesthesia. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, of course. Pretty quickly, we find out, mm. and and honestly, they're they're not even hiding it from him all that long that they that they're running a scheme with him. At a certain point, he's at crime house with them, and yeah. he's like, "What's that you got on the wall there?" He's like, "Oh, this is a bank robbery that we have planned. Your bank." Yeah, we've been uh, staking you out. Yeah. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, that's not very cool. I feel pretty bad about this." He's like, you don't feel bad about it. No, Fuck we're your friend. We're still your friends. Mm. Also, like every time that he leaves Isla Fisher, we see Isla Fisher and Matthew Good like caressing each other. So it's like, yeah, of course they're pulling one over on this guy. Yeah. But also, Isla Fisher does seem like she is kind of genuinely into Joseph Gordon-Levitt at well, the same time. So I think she might be a victim in all this as well. Did you say that you can hear odors? Wow, <laughs> Mister. Excuse me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you hear Otis? <laughs> what, is, what does my perfume sound like? Uh, <laughs> she loves it. But anyways, she uh, can't get enough. Pretty quick. Like this guy is supposed <laughs> to be like. Fuck you. <laughs> Matthew Sweet, I, I think, is just supposed to be like a real charmer. And so, like, even at the point where it's like, yeah, we've been sc- we've been sp- following you and your bank. We're going to rob your bank. We want you to help. He's like, and he's like, basically able to kind of like get him on board yeah. pretty quickly. <clears throat> I do think that it's funny that, like, at, at any point, I mean, I understand, yes, the character's judgment is not, is was questionable even before he had brain damage. Really? But, I mean, they might have gotten Matthew good from central scumbag casting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, he's just so clearly yeah. up to no good. Yeah. yeah up he, to no sweet. He... <laughs> not sweet at all. No. And, uh... And and that's that's the whole movie is yeah. it's a very it's actually very small. This movie is just this this bank robbery. Well, we and did we did forget about the uh, the deputy sheriff who deputy donut who, oh, who deputy donut I who love likes Jogo love. They he's really fun. they they overdo this. I feel yeah because like. he's like oh I just got a brand new wife and kid and I no okay he has know. a wife who's pregnant and he is. He always checks on Jessica Gordon Levitt at the bank, and he always brings him donuts. Yeah. And at one point, Jessica Gordon Levitt's like, "You don't, you don't have to come check on me." He's like, "I'd like to. I think you're my friend. I'm you're a my really, friend. really he's, nice he's, guy. He's a dumbass cop, but he's he, super he's nice. Very nice. He's a golden and his, retriever. And his yeah, yeah, he's exactly a golden retriever. And his wife is pregnant. And at one point, he goes, "My wife got me this pager. He's, she says." Uh, she's gonna page me as soon as her water breaks or something if I'm not around. Ah, and, uh, and the that way they, leads to the a way they pay tragic that. fucking. Oh, I, I think I'm gonna. De- I think I'm gonna tick it down one half star just because of the way that they pay that off. It's no, just I, like, I loved it because it was so sad. It's it's very it's sad. Heart, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> I just I just thought it was way well, too we'll fucking get, obvious. We'll get to us. It. We're pretty close. I mean, all this movie is is these guys recruit brain damaged Jogo Lev to help them. Well, with has, their, but with Bone their hasn't robbery. shown up yet. Uh, Bone. Bone is a part of the psycho crew. Yeah, but we don't really. He's not really in the movie a lot yet. He's just in the he's background. He's always yeah. in the background. Just like the Walk Among the Tombstones psycho guy. Yeah. He's yeah. just they they came from the same uh, family. But he looks like Tommy Wiseau. He's yeah. very he's very and he never he never talks. Like Tommy Wiseau. I and thought he, he looked like Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah, he's like a black-haired Bill Nye. He never talks and and, ju- and you just he's just like the way he looks and the way he carries himself exudes menace. None of the other people in the crime family really even interact with him all that often. He's just like this no, psycho. He's a fucking who's weirdo. Yeah. You name a kid like, Bone. I mean, you know he's going to do gonna something. He's going to grow up to be a psycho. You got this scary-looking bone guy. You just know he's going to do something good <laughs> at some point. Um, so he's lingering in the background. Eventually, Joe Golev is is convinced that to, like fuck this bank who, that won't give him a chance at being a teller. Let's let's go ahead and take all this money. Fuck my family. Like at a certain point, he's like, your parents wouldn't give you a thousand dollars. I bet. This yep. is Matthew Sweet, and he's like trying to turn him against you know. It's and cold, then he calls Bruce McGill stuff. in the middle of the night. He's like, "I need a thousand bucks," and Bruce McGill is like, "Nah." No. Well, first he asks for ten thousand. Yeah. Then he's like, "Okay, one thousand. About one thousand. Then he's like, "Wait, you need one thousand for your stupid restaurants?" Yeah, it's not nice. But pointedly, oh. his his uh, Bruce is also like, "You can please come back and live with us. We love you. Yeah. We're not bad guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I just don't believe that the thousand dollars could any good can come of it. What we what we want is you to come live with us until you've recovered. That sort of thing. And he's like. My fucking family hates me. Fuck them. Right, I'm doing the right. bank robbery thing. Yeah. And my and my boss at work is also like an asshole, and he won't make he won't make me a teller. Bank robbery time with the psycho house. Yep. <clears throat> and so they've got the. It's there's nothing much to the plan. He's the janitor. He's gonna let him into the bank. They're gonna use a settle a settling torch to yeah. break into the vault and steal <clears throat> all the money. You know what a bank robbery's like. Yeah. You know. Um. 
And so, like, at a certain point, the the bank it's time for the bank robbery, and of course, like his boss comes up to him and is like, "Hey, uh, Jogo Lev, I was wrong about say, you. I was wrong about that whole thing, and I do want you to be a teller, and I love you. Yeah, I love you. I think you're a great guy. <laughs> Please don't. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here's here's some money. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Deputy Donut uh, is like. They, he, they, he has that moment where he like yells at him a little bit, but then they kind of like make peace, and he's like, oh, "We're friends now, too." And my boy, my my wife's, I swear to God, gonna give birth possibly this very night. Ooh, I sure hope a bank robbery doesn't break out or nothing. <laughs> and he wasn't gonna, he was gonna go home to his wife, and then he like felt bad about their like talk or whatever, so he goes to pick up more donuts, yeah. which broke my well, damn I mean, heart. You name a guy donut. That's what's gonna happen to you. That's his name. <laughs> Uh, and so the the bank robbery begins. He lets them in. They're they're torching their way through the thing. And at a certain point, Deputy Donut like shows up. I thought this was all pretty well done. Yeah. The guys are like hiding behind posts. There's oh, yeah. a really good shot where he's looking in through the window at a certain point, and Jogo Lev is just being skittish and be like, just, eh, nope, nothing here. Just go home, go home or whatever. And then he starts to see parts of their, yeah. some of their equipment lying around. And then you get a reverse shot of these three guys, each behind a different post, yeah, while yeah. he's kind of like, and it's pretty spooky. Good stuff. And then eventually it just devolves into a full-on. Yeah. And, and, well, guns, and guns are fired. Deputy Donut takes out like two of them. Yeah. Like, he's, he does a pretty good job. And then eventually, um, Bone, Bone with, with a him. shotgun. No, yeah. eventually the pager... Do we already say the pager? He shoots him in the. Ch- it's like the exact moment that the pager goes off. Uh, well, that like, that, like distracts begins. him for a second. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the I mean, she's begins. going into labor. I think that they botched this. I think it would have been funnier if after Bone executes him, then the then pager, the pager goes, goes off. Goes off. <laughs> I would have liked. I think, that. It, I think I would have liked that it more. It might have been right. funnier, but I think this was more heartbreaking because he like <laughs> it heard funnier. it. I think it. We, I think it's less heartbreaking the way that they do it, and therefore less funny. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I, I just I thought it was like kind of insane. Because like, you know, I mean, how <laughs> the second this guy shows up, you're like, oh, poor guy. they've been doing. It's just like. Um, I just got the new. I'm retiring in three days. I bought the new boat. boat It's just. It's like a parody of this sort of thing. And then when the pager goes off right before he gets killed, you're like, God, Jesus Christ! I'm not gonna make it. (laughs) We'll stop talking crazy. Stop talking crazy. (laughs) Get Mendoza. But Jogo, like Jogo Lev, is uh, flipping out at this point. I mean, the the sounds he must be smelling at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> he runs, he runs and gets into their car and just goes driving willy nilly into the night. Yeah. Uh, eventually, gets po- in one of the, like the ultimate like white privilege moments of all time. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's, he's going like probably weaving with and, no lights on. With no lights on. Again. And a co- he loves a cop, doing it. A cop pulls him over, and. He, Man, you just can't give it up. <laughs> he, he gives it. He gives him his license and has forgot that he's put his uh, brain, his Chris Pratt brain damage card on the other end. Yeah. Just gives Chris him Pratt his license and, and and he goes like, they, uh, he starts to like s- spill. Yeah. And go like they killed him. They killed him. They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill me too. They're gonna kill. Me. Seems pretty bad. Seems like this guy at the very least is shouldn't drunk. be behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. And the cop like, but the cop sees the card on the other end. He's like. Just get home safe, sir. And it's like I understand being sympathetic, right? But also, I really don't think clearly, this guy should be. On there's the clearly car. something wrong. Give him a ride. Give him a ride to his house, maybe something. Yeah. Up, oh, you're fine, sir. It's just, I just have this card that says you have severe brain damage, and you're clearly in a crisis moment right now. Drive safe. Yeah. <laughs> just get home safe. So that's pretty. Don't weird. Don't turn your lights on or nothing. It's pretty. It's you know. 
But he's got all the money. It is. He looks. He looks in the back of the car, and it's all the money. All the in money's there, in there. But also like shovels and shit. Yeah. Because he realizes that these guys were just gonna kill him and bury him yeah. after they were done with the thing. So now it's time for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to take the power back. Yep. It's take. It's power back taking time. <laughs> and he gets on the phone, <laughs> and he. What is it? Who gave him the? Who who has the money? Has the power thing? This was with Matthew. What Matthew Sweet said. To I him thought that was around the movie. Said to him, yeah, yeah. Matthew uh, Matthew Sweet was saying something about whoever has the money has the power. This is when he's trying to get him to um, join them. Yeah. in his bank robbery, and now he realizes that he has the money and he has he's the power. power. And he comes up with a plan. Uh, he goes to his his family's house where they have a bunch of guns. Puts a bunch of guns in in the bags. He has the money in in another set of bags. Goes and buries them by the. Uh, the highway exit where his accident happened. He loves that spot. He loves it. He goes to that spot like one, every day, basically, just right? Just to remind himself. Just think about the fucked up shit that he pulled. <laughs> he fucking pulled <clears throat> crazy fucked up shit in that ruthless vehicle. <laughs> and, so, and he goes like, you guys have to meet me and I'll give you the money. Oh, they've kidnapped, of course, Jeff Daniels yes. at this point. And we're like, we're going to kill your stupid blind friend, even though he's very charming and he's hitting on all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, okay, like your mon- the money for Jeff Daniels will they meet up downtown during the broad daylight when they're, where they're like pulling guns and beating them up and stuff, and you're just like, oh, I guess it's Christmas. Yeah. So that's why this t- it is a Christmas movie. Matthew Good's not doing too good because he's he took one. He took one. That's right. He's 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 got a pill in his yeah. tummy. It feels like by the end that he probably isn't going to make it even before like yeah. shit hits the, and like, before, the full cl- yeah. climax happens. Before all this, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has to make his list so that he knows what to do. And he he starts with save uh, Jeff Daniels. I yeah. His name. Lewis. 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 Save Lewis. And then he goes. And then he's like, Well, how do I save Lewis? Uh, kill this. Uh, kill Matthew Good. Then he's like, Kill Bone. And then he's like, At the very top of the list, get gun. And then he like walks over to the closet and grabs a gun. Yeah. yeah. And this plays into this theme that I thought was going to have a lot bigger impact that he talks about at the very beginning, where Jeff Daniels is trying to tell you, is How trying to, to get him. Is, he's trying to do se- yeah sequencing, and he's like, like a good story, you need to come up with the ending first, and then work your way backwards from there. And yeah. You're like the writers writing about storytelling. Yeah. How and, and the, <clears> but this is also at the very beginning of the movie where I was already getting memento vibes. Yeah. And yeah. He's talking about going backwards. I'm like, this is going to be so memento-y. Yeah. Then, Not really. You know. And then, but th- this is this is the only way that it plays in is yeah. at the end when he writes his list and it, it's just uh, whatever. It's not like it pisses me off or anything. No, but it's it's kind of weird. How minor it's just kind of a throwaway. Like it's a throwaway. Oh, he does he does that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> he does, he does how, write the list backwards. It does help him. Wow, good. And I guess it helps him. <laughs> but yeah, he he's got the money and the gun buried in in two bags that look exactly the same. He eventually mm-hmm. it's Bone and Matthew Sweet, and then he like hands him the one bag, and then they're like, all right, now we're gonna kill you. And then he's got one of the guns in the other bag, and he keeps the gun in the bag and then blows him away through yeah. the bag. Right before the guy was about to shoot Jeff Daniels in the head. Right before the guy? Yeah. It was real climactic type stuff. But he wins, and then it's like a voiceover to him going like, and I'm back. I'm doing good. You know? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you may wonder how I'm doing now. <laughs> well? <laughs> Pretty good. I'm going back to classes again. Wheat. You know what's fucking crazy is that when they go in to, to, to get their loan application for Lose Your Lunch, the lunch mm-hmm. place, that dude is giving them nothing. Yeah. He is clearly disinterested, yeah. in it, and it seems like it's almost to a comedic extent he's going like, you guys aren't getting the fucking loan. Yeah. 
He's like, it's called lose your lunch? No, not going to happen. Absolutely not. And then at the end, he's like, yep, we got the loan. <laughs> Apparently, well, the guy was on no, board. No, didn't. It wasn't it his manager from the bank gave him the loan? Gave him money I to do it? I thought that he just said that the that he just got they got the loan from the bank. I'm pretty sure they said the, the manager at the bank that he worked at gave him. Maybe. Like, invested in the restaurant. Maybe. That could be. Because I was like, oh, that's nice. Because I didn't think he was going to get it the other way. Because of the <laughs> the way that um, the cameras depict events, it doesn't look like George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in on it in any sort of way. Even though he was, yeah. But he doesn't end up getting he he, he doesn't end up getting blamed for it in any way. Yeah. Well, they they were like they couldn't believe the crazy story I told, so I got off scot free or whatever. Yeah, it's he like confessed they, to the whole they, thing. And they didn't think that he would be able. They thought he like made it. They up didn't or think whatever. he'd be able to do it, and he was just saying yeah. that to make himself seem cool. Yeah, and the footage. Bears that bears out. Bears that out. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and that's it, right? And, uh, <laughs> that's like, the lookout. He's fine. They get to open their restaurant, and it's fine. Yeah, and then Dad comes to visit the restaurant at the and end. And he's like, you know what, son? You did it. I'll have a sandwich. I'm proud of you. And then I'll him have and, the Reuben. And yeah. him and Jeff Daniels are going to open up Wink. a pet store called <laughs> I Got Worms. <laughs> Wait, it, it would have been so funny if it ended with the bank loan guy coming in, going up to the counter and just being like, I'll have the Reuben looking straight at the camera and then winking and then the end. <laughs> well, they got to do the ze- like the, the little circle <laughs> zooming in on his head. He winks. <laughs> That'd be great. And I'll have the Reuben. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, are there any funny lines in this or good lines? There's or a, I like uh, there's one where where uh, Jeff Daniels is like Bones going to kill Jeff Daniels and he racks the shotgun. And Jeff Daniels is like, well, that's a terrible sound, or something like that. <laughs> Dude, Jeff Daniels is great in this. He's fantastic. Um, I mean, every time they mention Chris Pratt in a, in a sentence, yeah. hey, Chris Pratt, right? You're Chris Pratt, huh? It never we gets all old. wanted to be Chris Pratt when we were in high school. It's really, it truly never gets old. It's very weird. Yeah, it's so it's jarring, especially like I watched it with subtitles. So every time it was just like Chris Pratt, yeah. you know. There's a part they say his full name a lot too. Yeah, the, the fact that it's always full name. Well, there are those people. I don't know. I feel like there are people in my life where they're they are their first and last name together uh-huh. more to than be. just yeah. It's yeah. just kind of them. Well, Chris. I mean, Chris ain't gonna do it. He's, 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 the, worst. he's the worst Chris too. He's famously the worst of the Chris's. Um, but there, but there's a, a line that Jeff Daniels has, and and there's dudes in movies that talk like this sometimes. It, never in real life. I've never encountered anybody who uses this term in real life. But mm. like, he gets back. He clearly Jeff Daniels can smell that he fucked. Like, we don't get into the details a lot. But he's like, "Did you just have sex?" And yeah. Like, Ugh. Uh, but, I thought it was just because he could smell her perfume. Perfume for sure. I think that's the, the not her vagina. Well, his I don't know. Penis. He says that though. No. Um, I can smell your dick. But this <laughs> is what he fuck? says. So tell me, did you get a Hummer? Did you get a Hummer? A blowjob. No, a giant, a, a large vehicle. Yeah, with she gave roof. me a she yeah, gave a me a really good deal on a Hummer. A Takes up Hummer. three lanes on the highway. Yeah, but nobody says that. <laughs> nobody talks like that. He's in like real kind life. of. I mean, it's like a Hummer. Jeff Daniels is really good, but that the dialogue and sort of the way that the character acts suggests an older guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Just somebody who's like older than Jeff Daniels. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like, did you get a? It's like, did you get a Hummer? Did you mount her? 
Yeah. Yo, did you mount her? <laughs> Took the skin boat to Tuna Town, did you? Oh, there's this one scene. I don't skin think. Skin boat to Tuna That's town. gross. I immediately glossed over. I was just like, I kept going. I stole that from uh, Burgess <sighs> Meredith's outtakes in Grumpy Old Men. He says he, there's all these outtakes of him using these disgusting old man euphemisms for sex. Oh, she did. She made you ride the wild baloney pony. Stuff like the that. The wild pony pony. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's taking a photo of the safe. I don't That's know. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you guys talked about this while I was in the bathroom or anything, but he's taking a photo of the safe and he keeps. He's like, "Well, because I gotta like show it to the guys so that they can get their plan right." And his his dumb uh, cop friend comes up and is like, "Hey, what what are you doing?" And he's like, uh, I'm, "I gotta show my parents like where I work." And he's like, "Let me see that camera." And yeah. he looks straight face. So Chris and Joseph Pratt, Gordon Chris Levitt's Pratt, like, give me that camera, me that right camera now. let me see it. And just Gordon Levitt's like, fuck, fuck. he's going to know I'm just taking pictures. So he can't, he's like, okay, here you go. And he's like, get get right next to the safe. I got you in the frame. Yeah. And then you get in the your shot. Parents? You're not even going to be in the picture? Yeah. And then he takes a bunch of pictures of Joseph Gordon Levitt smiling next to the safe. And it's the <laughs> cutest thing I've it's ever seen. It's kind of funny. There's another line that I thought was kind of funny where this is right, right before he, he fully chews out Jeff Daniels for being an embarrassing guy or whatever. But it, Jeff Daniels is like, hey, come on, Gimp's night out. Gimp night out. Yeah. It's Gimp's night out. And then Justin Gordon-Levitt goes like, I'm not a Gimp. And it's not even night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even night. <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, but that's it. Ratings. I'm also going to give this three Juds. It's perfectly good. It's fine. fine. I've seen it a few times now. I, keep, I remember when it came out, it was kind of popular, especially amongst folks... Of our ilk. We're like, oh, just a really good, solid crime movie. A lot of people said that when I was posting those pictures of Chris Pratt where people would be like, is that from The Lookout? That movie's great. And I'd be like, mm. really? Yeah, great. I don't get it's it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, some good performances, some good lines, good moments. It never really kicks over. Like, it, I never. there's never a lot of tension. Mm. Um, I'm going to give it one Douglas for... Uh, Jeff Daniels' obnoxious flirtations and Isla Fisher's, uh, you know, there's a yeah, there's one shot where her lovely when lemons the, when the dude's fucking and then the, and then he starts to he starts to make out with Isla where he pulls her dress up and she's not wearing any underwear. I mean, you don't see anything, but it's <laughs> and you like, straight up just see her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's that one. Why scene. did I not think this was R-rated? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, and I'm gonna give. I'm sorry, Emily. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Roofless cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is just a quintessential. It's a quintessential three Judd movie. I mean, it totally is doing what it's trying to do, and I suppose it's trying to do more than that. But it is not accomplishing anything more than that. The only thing that go, goes above and beyond, I think, is Joe Golev, who is is good. He's yeah. very good. He's given. He's given a very confusing. Mental illness to portray, and I think he does a really. I think that that makes it seem less ridiculous than yeah. it could be. Uh, the fact that he pulls it. So God bless Joe Golove. He he did it. He's he's not always the best, and he can he can he can be irritating or whatever. But his his kind of like theater kid, um, try hard type stuff works really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, I'll give it one and a half as well, just for that scene where they're fucking in front of him, and that guy walks out, and you see his buns, and uh, and that's <laughs> his, his buns. buns. Did, he, his get, did buns. he give you a Hummer? <laughs> he didn't give me a Hummer. I wish Matthew Sweet. He had a big old pile of biscuits. <laughs> big old pile of biscuits. Matthew Sweet and his album Girlfriend. I mean, come on, good stuff. Hundred percent fun is better, but yeah. 
You thought 100%? Okay. Whatever. I love them both. I don't even know what the fuck Both great records. About. He was a huge indie pop musician for like in a while. two years. Also also the front man for Ming T, Austin Powers band. Oh. Married, Obviously. Married to Susanna Hoffs. Yeah. Married oh. to Susanna Hoffs, ring a bell. From the Bangles. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> um, Sorry, not a good head. Mm. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, Chris Pratt mental illness cards. <laughs> My name is Chris Pratt. I have mental illness. Give me a fucking break. If you guys uh, join our Patreon, you can get your own Chris Pratt mental ten illness cards. We should print those out. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 cool. rose smelling <laughs> rap songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this two and a half Judds. I didn't like it as much as Walk Among the Tombstones. Um, it just kind of, it was a bummer, and it just kind of, I was just kind of mad about it mostly. I did love Jeff Daniels, and I thought he was great. And Jessica Gordon, love it, did a, a really great job, and I usually don't like him that much. So that was good. Um, I forgot we, we didn't talk about <laughs> when uh, Matthew Good was talking to Jessica Gordon-Levitt about, like, just like his his mental illness or whatever his disability and and then he goes yeah we all have our problems right and like looks at his inhaler <laughs> like equating his asthma to this funny. to the serious brain injury that Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh got through uh, some people killed all of their friends in a combine accident some people got to take an inhale yeah take a little every once a day it's and it's one of those movies where they show the inhaler like like he he's like shot and he's like dying, but he's like reaching for his inhaler even though there's no like yeah, and the gun's right there too. Yeah, it's like weird. Anyways, just want to bring that up. Uh, I giving it I giving it uh, zero Douglases because I just wasn't I wasn't impressed. Not even after the buns. No, the buns are fine. Buns are zero. Mm. Buns sweet, don't count. Sweet buns. buns. Buns are zero. Buns That's are a zero. good book. Good buns. <laughs> um, and I'm giving it 10 out of 10 tragically timed pager beeps. Mm. Yeah, so tragic. Devastating stuff. Mm. Speaking of devastating stuff. We don't cover a lot of masterpieces on this show. I think uh, we can count, we could count the full-on masterpieces on one hand that we've done on I this mean, show. I mean, there's some, uh, probably probably two hands. We've done a lot of De Palma. Oh, shit. I always forget about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did stick. Two hands, though, but that's it. We did it. stigmata. <laughs> yeah. Wit- I put Witness up there in the, sure. in the masterpiece, but all, a lot of the problems that we've done, that's true. Uh, uh, but this one is a legit great movie, one of the all-time great movies. Just a, just a flawless film, in my opinion. Perfect. No notes. Oh, no movie, notes. A movie worth loving, uh, out of sight. It may only happen a few times in your life. Not once. You always remember it because it was there and you let it go and you think to yourself, what if I had stopped? No bills off the bottom of the drawer, please. Is your first time being around? Uh, you're doing great. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. I think you flooded it. <laughs> Get out of the car, sir. Well, you're the reason, my friend, that I don't keep all my money in the bank. You'd be surprised with all you can get and ask for it the right way. Two men by the fence! It's okay, we're the good guys. What are you doing here? You're just a girl. What do you do for a living? You pack a shotgun. I'm a federal marshal and you're under arrest. I'm in. Let's go. Hey, you comfy? You have got to be kidding. Now you be a good girl. Now I'm going to open up the door. Hey, hey, hey. You want to sit down and have cocktails with a woman who tried to shoot you? 
was an unusual experience. Boot of Sight from 1998. 1998. I've never seen this. This was my first time. Amazing. You guys all told me that you guys all couldn't believe I hadn't seen it. Everyone was like, oh, Emily, you got to see it. You got to see it. And now you know, you know what? I know why now. I really, fantastic. really try not to be that cliche when people say, specifically women, say that they haven't seen a movie that I like and go like, you haven't fucking did. Like, well, well, it was more I like I generally a, don't care, but when that one, I was like, what? It was a more like everyone was stoked for me to see it for yes, the first time. For Ra- sure. Rather than being like, uh, you haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. It was more like, oh my gosh, you haven't seen it. You're going to love it. And I did. So it's, it's that good. You know. It's a, it's a, yeah. The men like were right. Mm-hmm. Like, just for, men were right. Once again. For, for once. The second this movie starts, and you're just like, I fucking love this yeah. movie. That title card where he like throws his tie and it freeze frames. I'm like, all right, oh, the freeze, I'm in. The freeze frames. I had that feeling the first time watching this. Yeah. Of course, of course, I was famously <laughs> living in Yakima uh, between my freshman and, and fr- freshman and sophomore years of college, working at a movie theater, and I they give you a pass to go into all the and like the same guy owned all the theaters, so you get into all of the theaters with his pass. Then when I when I wasn't working at the theater, 40 hours a week, I was going to movies, and that was it. And I went and saw this. Zero other people in the theater with me. Maybe like maybe like five other people. It kind of the bombed. It kind of bombed. And I saw it in the daytime. And it was the moment when they freeze frame on him throwing the tie, where I was like, "Oh yeah, fuck, fuck yeah." Here and, and and I I don't remember there being any. I'm sure there was hype and people that liked it before, but I don't remember people going like, "Wait till you see Out of Sight, boy. Out of Sight's gonna knock your dick off or whatever." Yeah. I just went and saw <laughs> Out of Sight because I was watching all the movies. Yeah. And then this happens, and you're just like. Uh, like I had a friend who'd seen it like at an advanced screening a couple weeks early, and he had told me, oh, my God, it's so good. You're going to love it. So okay. I was really excited for it. But, I mean, also, nobody really knew that was going to be that good. And probably when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that was great. And I've only sort of grown to really like think it's perfect over many viewings over many years. But this last time I watched it again, I was just like, oh, my God. It's just it's like so good. It's perfect comfort food. It's great, great, great movie. It's also got a, like a, obviously a fantastic cast, but the way they dole the cast out, where there's there's primo cameos and and roles in it, dude. All, fucking Catherine the, Keener, are you kidding yep. me? Oh yeah, it's like that. Where I like, love her so much. Oh it, my god. At the beginning, it's like George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, and you're like, yay! And Dennis Freener, you're like, yay! Ving Rhames, all Don right. Don Ving Rhames, yay! Whoa! But then it keeps going yeah. like that. Oh, Steve Zahn. Oh, Catherine Keener. Nancy oh, Don Allen. Cheadle, Nancy Allen. Albert Brooks. There's 20 minutes left in the movie. Nancy Allen. There's two minutes left in the movie. Guzman. Samuel Lewis, Jackson that's right, Lewis shows Guzman. up. Yeah. Like, it just keeps going like that. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Man, yeah, it's it's perfect. Uh, it's absolutely perfect, and it's fucking funny. This movie's so funny. Oh my funny. god, it's so funny. I was laugh. I was. I didn't expect to be laughing out loud during this. I movie. mean, Elmore Leonard's yet, books are frequently very humorous, but this is a great, great adaptation. Yeah, it's that ex- extremely hard tone that that's everybody. Everybody wants to do, but hardly anybody can pull off. Where we're talking about a violent movie. Mm-hmm. There's people being sawed up into pieces in this movie. There's brains. Oh, we forgot about Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, and more. Yeah, and more. Yeah. Uh, but there's like this movie has br- you'll see someone's brains, you'll mm-hmm. see people get sawed up, and then it's and then but throughout the whole movie it is breezy, and romantic and sweet. Yeah. It's and, it's all these and things at once. Incredibly sexy. <laughs> incredibly yeah. sexy. Like this is one of the sexiest movies ever, and the the 
just the charisma and the chemistry between Clooney and Jennifer Lopez is absolutely yeah. unmatchable. The romantic chemistry between them is amazing. The chemistry between all of the actors in this, though. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so perfectly cast. Every scene just crackles. Uh, gorgeous. It looks so, so beautiful. Yeah. It made me really wish it was snowing outside. <laughs> and that yeah, I was the, in like, a high-rise hotel. This are amazing. Oh, my yeah. God, the hotel scene. Are you kidding me? The bar, the bar scene where yeah, she's like, the oh, bar man. hotel scene, yeah. That, that, whole, that whole thing is just like a... Is like to, as a set, set piece is one of my favorite things. Oh yeah, when they like history. keep coming up to her and trying to buy her oh, drinks yeah. and stuff, it's and so it, good. But then it cuts to oh, there's two douchebags. Yeah, I love like the first one is in unforgivable enough. Who comes up with like we have a fucking bed. Yeah, and then the second like, guy who comes know up to her, the second dude who comes up to her, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you yeah. think you have any chance with this woman? Unbelievable. Are you out of your mind? And then the third one. Yeah. Is George fucking Clooney? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, it pans up. He's you see his reflection in the mirror at first, and then she just looks at him and just, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and this whole scene, oh my god! I'm watching this movie with I'm smiling so hard yeah, the yeah. whole way through that like I have like muscle twitches in the side <laughs> of my mouth afterwards. Sorry, my face is a little fucked up. I watched Out of Sight and smiled hard for two hours yeah. straight. I watched the 4K disc that they put out like late last year, mm. and it just looks so good. I bet it looked great. And it's hard to remember that like this was Steven Soderbergh's comeback movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'd been gone for a while. He kind of took himself out because he wasn't happy making movies anymore. He was sort of like on a career reset. And he came back with this, and it was like a risky movie. Like The studio took a chance on him. And you know, he reinvented his style. He re he basically reinvented his style. He changed. I mean, like he became Steven Soderbergh that we know now, kind of right here. Fully formed, though. Yeah. Like well, I mean, he watch... had a lot of time to. I mean, he'd been making movies for over a decade. Yeah. But this was like a whole new. None thing. of them. He, this was a new style that he was working with. Uh, we did. Um, what was this? Um, we did like the underneath. The I underneath. Think. Yeah. Um, which is like a perfectly good looking movie and stuff. But and it's has just, a lot of seeds of what he would turn into later. But, but yeah. not this like the, the the stuff that he became known for, like using the different filters for different locations. Most most importantly, the overlaying. Yeah. Of uh, scenes on each other. Oh, he, he does at, at his the most maximalist that he does. This is of course the limey. Right. That is all just broken up and yeah, <laughs> laid on a, top of each other. An incredible piece of montage. But yeah. that's but that's the what makes that sex scene so fucking incredible yeah. is where you see them like talking about what they're about to do and setting the rules yeah, yeah. and then them taking their clothes off. And they're like Whoa. having fun. While that's they're happening. like joking and flirting too. It's like, Ugh. it's not just like dead serious sex. Yeah, it's yeah. like, they're like smiling and laughing too. And it's just like, so, oh my gosh, it's just so good. And, I'll, and uh, so, you talked about the freeze frames and like the overlaying and the, he does the, the time jumping and stuff. Every time it's perfect. But after that scene is when they catch up. Like it stops after that. There's no more freeze frames. There's no more intercutting anymore. Like, that's the, that's sort of like the okay. Now we we know everything we need to know to tell the rest of the story. Like we're all and now set it's to straightforward. Go. Yeah, and also wow. uh, I, before I forget, I mean, George Clooney wasn't George Clooney yet when this movie came out. Like he was still on TV. Um, he, you know, he he wasn't even in Batman yet. He had done um, From Dust Till Dawn, right? Yeah, he'd done From Dust Till Dawn. He did The Peacemaker. I mean, he'd been in some movies, but yeah. like he wasn't mega famous George Clooney yeah. yet. Well, movies like this, it's weird because I don't. I'm not a big like Clooney head. I'm sure I've seen him in a lot of stuff, you know. But he's one of those actors who I'm like, yeah, George Clooney, you know, like yeah, Brad Pitt. But I've seen more Brad Pitt stuff. But it's yeah. like watching this, I was like, oh, he's a movie star. Right. Well, I think this was the movie that everybody saw and was like, oh, Yeah, okay. like he's not just an actor. He is a movie star. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's got this, like, his character 
He's so he's so confident and so good at what he does, but then like all the scenes where he's flirting with J Lo, and he's like a little bit goofy and a little bit unsure of what he's gonna do or say with her, you know, like he's when he waves in the elevator and he's like, <laughs> "Fuck, am I waving? Like, yeah. why am I waving? I'm supposed to not be seen." Like every like, time he talks to her, like even on the phone, he's like stuttering a little bit, you know, like yeah. he's caught off guard by her. It's really, really just a beautiful piece of choice, beautiful he, bunch of choices that he's, he's working on. He's freaked out by like how much she's into this lady. Yeah, and this yeah. is a smooth guy. You want to sit down and have drinks with a woman who tried to shoot you? <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is a guy who's been smooth for a long time and is used to being smooth, and just all of a sudden, like, I, 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 yeah, I, <laughs> like he's just. Doesn't he can't handle himself around her? Well, he's still he's still smooth enough to be able to, oh, to yeah. bring up the well, whole thing. Speaking of speaking of smooth, let's let's go back to the beginning of the movie that opens with that incredible bank robbery scene where he's talking nice to the lady behind the counter, Pierre Clooney, and he's like, "You're doing great. You're doing fine. Dude, I'd, give, okay. I'd give him all my money yeah. if I was that bank teller." And that guy over there, he's gonna put a bullet in your boss's head if you don't just put it. But it's fine, it's fine. I just have to give him just a sign. Keep smiling. Everything. You just, you just go through this, and everything's gonna be he all goes, right. It's your first time being robbed, and she's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, he's like, you're doing fine. You're, you're doing, doing fine. great. He's such a nice, <laughs> such a nice bank robber." Yeah. And then he goes out to his crappy car. And Wait, he goes by the guy start. and he whispers. He oh, whispers yeah. something, and the guy's like, "Who the fuck was that?" Well, he goes, "Yeah, and he, that's the guy from Schizopolis." Mm. That's and, right. Uh, and uh, he he leans <laughs> over and he goes, "Like, you see that bank teller over there? I think she's pretty cute." Yeah. And the guy's like, "Yeah, she's cute. Okay. Yeah, okay. Who was that guy? <laughs> you know." And yeah, and then he goes out and he, his car won't start, and then he gets arrested. Goes out to his shitbox orange car. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's a like Pinto a or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it sucks. Yeah. I think you flooded it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's it's pretty fascinating uh, that he's robbed like 200 banks or some unfathomable amount of banks, and you're like, guess guess you're not into saving money at all, there, George Clooney. Why are you Why are you always at square one? You robbed 200 banks. Yeah. You get like 150 bucks every time, something like that. I just can't make it stick. Uh, anyway, flashback to several years late earlier. Well, we're going to be going all back and forth, so yeah, forgive us if we don't get the full... This movie isn't in Crony Ords. No, it's not. It is not in Crony Ords. But he spent a lot of... He's in he's in Glades at this point. Yep. In Bell, Florida. Bell Glade, Florida. And uh, and he's uh, with his uh, buddy, Buddy, Bing Rames. Yeah. And oh, what a good friend. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. Sort of, I mean, a great friend, but a terrible, uh, <laughs> a, a terrible accomplice. He keeps confessing. <laughs> before, uh, before their crimes, sometimes. Yeah. Not great. Uh, and also he's also he's in there with uh, with Don Cheadle, who plays a guy named Snoopy Miller. Ugh, Cheadle, who's kind of like Cheadle's a tough guy in the prison. Cheadle in Cheadle in bad boy mode. I always yeah. Love. He's great. He in can this. do it all, but like he has so much fun playing these kinds yeah. of guys. He's so terrific in this. He's almost as good as he is in Devil in a Blue Dress in this. Um, yeah. Almost. Almost, which is really saying something. That's saying something, yeah. Exactly. I'm not trying to sell him short at all. (laughs) No, no. Um, And uh, Steve Zahn, his buddy Glenn Michaels. They call him Studs. The stupidest man on earth. He's so... Okay, okay, heavy, heavy. (laughs) He's trying to lift the weights. Dude, that scene is great because they're all talking and he's just in the background trying to pick up different weights, setting them down. Getting the lower and setting it down until he finally just has a little hand weight and then he's finally like, okay. He's so, it's so funny. I love him so much. I also love that scene, that line, he's talking to them about the diamonds in supposedly Albert Brooks's house and he's like, they're like, this guy told you about the diamonds in his house. Okay, sure. And he goes, okay, I get it. You guys are cynical. You guys are cynical. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah. Then anyway, so Albert Brooks is also in jail with them because he's done some white collar crime. He's white a rich crime. dude he named was. Ripley, Richard Ripley, Dick Ripley. 
Dick Ripley. Dick and, Rip. Uh, he's got a really funny toupee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, and he is kind of like under the protection of Maurice Snoopy Miller. And don't he, call him Snoopy after a certain point. I know. Yeah. And uh, and and he's like sort of racking up a debt that he owes for protection to Don Cheadle's character. There's a really good scene where where they're in the prison library, and uh, and. George Clooney is like, this is the dumbest shakedown in the history of dumb fucking shakedowns. <laughs> and he's like trying to basically tell Albert Brooks, like, you don't need to worry about this guy. But And then Don Cheadle's like, well, he don't have to die fully. He could have an accident. Like, he could fall down on something sharp like a shiv or my dick. <laughs> Don Cheadle is hitting a, a, a level of he's definitely funny. Yeah. But in no... Terrific he's, Elmore Leonard bad it's like guy. He's like he's being funny, but he's not funny. Yeah. Like he is he's scary. scary. He no, is he is scary. He, I, Even though he will say scary. a line that will crack you up, he's always yeah. really unsettling. Well, he, it's because he has that thing where he'll say a line that'll crack you up, but then he'll like, like, fucking shoot you or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, like he, it's, he it's the unpredict, guy. or he'll like sexually assault you or something. You know what I mean? Like he's very unhinged. He's he, in, he, introduced um boxing and then he's, he throws the he's fight. throws the fight and then he has the fucking guy who he threw the fight to. Because the guy's bragging he's, that he won he's the bragging fight. Bragging about it and then he has him shivved and killed. Like this is one of the first I, things I, we I see him do. I believe he kills him himself. Is it himself? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So he's he's not someone to be fucked with. Which makes it extra stupid that Steve Zahn is willing to fuck around with this guy. But Steve Zahn is, if anything, a stupid, stupid man. Uh, yeah, the character he plays. But uh, it's important. <laughs> sure it's important is. to note that we that but now we know that Albert Brooks has supposedly told Steve Zahn about a cache of diamonds in his house in outside of Detroit, uncut in, diamonds. in, a, in a rich neighborhood in Detroit. Uncut. You ever see uncut diamond studs? It look just like little rocks. Just like rocks. Uh, and then, uh, well, what? I, I mean, I don't remember the exact chronological order of what goes on or like when you see things in the no, movie. We're not going like, to get the chronicles right. No. Anyway, flash forward, and now there's they're in Lompoc, and they're gonna break out. Mm, Lompoc. And Clooney has to call his ex-wife to let her know to set up the. the Catherine Keener, Adele Delisi. Oh my gosh, she. Okay, her apartment, Who? amazing. Her outfit, amazing. Her hair, amazing. Her little seashell mermaid ashtray that holds like six cigarettes. Uh huh. You guys know. And her I, little. You dog. guys know I rewound that and paused. Her little it. dog and her little capri pants. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed with her. She's the best. I love and her. And what, I love Catherine. What is Keener her anyways. job? She's a magician's assistant. Yes. A box jumper in her parlance. <laughs> which leads to one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie, which is saying something because the whole movie's funny as hell. She has a line when Clooney calls her uh, on the phone and he go, she goes, hey, bank robber. Yeah. And she answers the phone. And I cannot tell you how many times I have said, hey, bank robber to somebody that I'm like running into. <laughs> hey, bank robber, hey, what's bank going robber. on? I mean, I just, it's just, it's so cute. What a perfectly um, conceived character. Like, she, you oh, better so believe good. she smokes cigarettes constantly. Oh, yeah. You have to. She's so he's cute. like, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm looking for work. You know, my he the, the magician guy fired me, and he went on with some younger chick. He keeps calling her, like, Mandrake the Magician. But he's got some other name. It's like, anyway. Uh, and she lives in Miami, right? She lives in Miami, and she's she's organizing the the, the car yeah. for the breakout. And he's like, no, we're moving. It gets moved up because because uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. And she's like, just, t- just tell me. Yeah, <laughs> she, just tell me. She's like, you said they don't really listen on this line. You can just, like, tell me that the thing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> So they need to get buddied out there, buddy out there in a car faster, because mm-hmm. Louis Guzman is is tunneling out, and he's tunneling out earlier because they're building a second fence line, mm-hmm. and they don't want to have to wait longer. Had to move the timeline forward. Yeah. 
and it basically it all it all sort of spirals from there. Uh, George Clooney's not really on this plan, but he hears about the he plan. He gets in and on then, it quick. Using yeah. his incredible powers of charisma, yeah, he basically is like tells the plan to this guard. This I like this detail because the guard is a much bigger man than he is, yeah. and he ends up knocking the guard out, taking with his a planter uniform. and taking his uniform and, and crawling one, through, wonderfully crawling through and following them and pretending he's a guard and going like get him, get him, and then it's like, like it's all and sealed up back there. Yeah. But his <laughs> but his Pants and shirt are all huge. Huge. Yeah, he's swimming in it. Time. He's swimming in it. It's great. Uh, meanwhile, Jennifer Lopez, Karen Cisco, Karen Cisco has uh, has come to uh, to uh, the prison to check on an inmate or something like that. Something I forget like what she's that. doing. I can't remember. Uh, no, I think she knows that something like this might happen or something. No, she's there for another reason. She just oh. happens to be there. Total coincidence. She's in the like, sort of the parking lot when they're when they're when the guys are coming out of the hole. Yeah. We for- also forgot about the part where earlier we meet her. She's hanging out with her dad because it's her birthday. Her dad gives her a really nice 380 automatic. And Who's the dad? It's it's uh, one of our favorite actors. It's Deep Dish Farina. It is Deep Dish Farina. <laughs> and and it's, uh, it's, it's all the Farina you could ever want. Oh, he's, he's so good. So, all the Farina you could so ever order. in this. It's all the Deep Dish you could order. He's he like, why don't, a- you, uh, why don't you quit being a cop and come work for me? I got my private detective agency over here. You could put a couple sport peppers on the detectives. <laughs> he's great. I got a whole deep dish operation going on over here. He's got this great line. And it's in it's in voiceover at the end of the movie, like when after pretty much things have wrapped up, and she's just alone in a hotel room, and he's like, she's calling him on the phone, but you don't see her on the phone. You just hear the phone call, and he just goes, "My little girl, the tough babe." His re- the relationship between Dennis Freena. I mean, I love everything about this movie. Yeah. This might be one of the things I love the most about it. It is beautiful. Yeah. He is a hundred. He trusts her one hundred percent. Yeah. He's like, "What are you doing, fucking around with this cop? He's a, he's a loser. You're better than him." But then he'll but he'll be like, "You gonna go off and have a date with your uh, criminal guy, buddy? Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want my daughter to have a good time. Yeah. He totally trusts her. She's like, she knows what she's doing. He's like, I told her my opinion about it, but she's a smart chick. She can do whatever yep. she likes, and That's I great. and I just wish the best for her, no matter what she's doing there. And she's dating another cop named Ray Nicolette. Ugh. Who you might remember from Jackie Brown. The Ray Nicolette duology. Yes. What? The two of the greatest let's, movies ever made. Let's talk about this for a second. Because, okay, Michael Keaton shows up playing the same character as in Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. which came out just the year before. And Was not beloved. Was not beloved, but was beloved indeed by me. Yeah. And I've you know, I've always thought that movie was basically perfect. I just rewatched it maybe three or four days before I rewatched this. Mm. My favorite Tarantino movie, of course. Oh. I mean, it's only not my favorite Tarantino movie because it's Quentin Tarantino and I think every movie he's made is pretty much great. But yeah. this is one of his best films, if not his very best. It's so good. Um and anyway, let's just talk about the balls it takes to cast fucking to make you to make you think of a movie that is probably better than this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's because you're so good that you that you think you can pull that shit off, and then you do because they're both flawless masterpieces, in my opinion. And he and, and I mean that's incredible in itself. I mean both based on you know Elmer Leonard, Leonard books, of course, because that's where the Ray Nicola character comes from. But Michael Keaton's the only character that's in both of them, played yeah. by the same actor. He's only in his small role. Samuel in both L. Of Jackson them. is in both of them, but not as the same character. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. It's they're pointedly we hear his name, and it's not. It yeah. isn't, and that timeline wouldn't sync up, anyways. But. Uh, but he's he's probably he's, it's a glorified cameo in this movie, whereas yeah. his his role's a little bit bigger in, in Jackie Brown. But he 
And you remember for like a decade they teased us with making the Michael Keaton movie about this character? Oh, man, I would have loved they that. They talked about it. It was always like, it's on again. It's on. They're going to do the yeah. Michael Keaton character. Full-length movie. And sometimes it would, of course, be Tarantino's going to do it. And you're like, no. I don't think so. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think this is. I think Tarantino was high and on the phone with somebody again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it never happened. Uh, I suppose it still could. I don't know. But, I mean, we have two of the greatest movies ever made anyways. Yeah. We're, we could. Quit. I just think Let's it's just awesome. Let's go ahead and quit and while we're His scene, yeah, his scene with Dennis Farina in this is so good. Hey, Ray, uh, you ever wear one of those shirts that says Undercover? He doesn't get it. He doesn't get he it. He doesn't get it. He's like eating He's an apple. He's such a dumbass. He's a dummy. Well, it's like that's the thing. Is like Ray's dumb. He's dumb in Jackie Brown. Um, <laughs> Michael Keaton. God bless. Michael Keaton. Holy shit, like, man. Like that role is so tough to pull off. Yeah. And he just nails it. It's perfect. Anyway, I just wanted Fucking to. Hell. I just wanted to sing the praises of the of the the absolute stones it takes to do the Ray Nicolette gag in this. That is that that absolutely works perfectly. That's just one of the million things that this movie gets right. Yeah, because we're, I mean, we're about to get into what, like possibly one of the m- most famous scenes of this sure. movie. But it's like, it's one of those Soderbergh things that he does sometimes, and it's like, you, it could be too cute by half, even if the movie is still good. He can be cute sometimes. Like can he? I know people that hate this. I personally really love it, but the Julia Roberts ah. shtick in Ocean's Twelve. Uh, people, some people really hate it. I fucking think it's great. Mm-hmm. But you can—that's what I'm talking about. We're like, that's a thin line, man. It it might not work. And you know it too. Like, like surely he knew going into that Ocean's Twelve thing. Like, people some are people gonna are gonna hate, hate this. this. Yeah, yep. but I'm doing it anyway. Gonna do it anyways. Fuck them. Anyhow, back to the movie. Sorry. Nope, that's an important an important digression. <laughs> these two, like that uh, that these two movies that I love so much, yeah, the same little cameo thing. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so the the breakout's happening, and this is all very amusing and exciting because she just doesn't know. I love I love the way that she plays it too, where people are like coming out of the ground and She's her like, reactions what? are just, just what is that's just not a thing that you yeah. expect to yeah. see ever. People coming out of the ground, and then she goes into the back of her truck for a shotgun. <sighs> This is this is from the poster, that classic poster where she's yeah. holding. She looks fucking awesome wielding. Yeah, she looks really good. Of course, that dress is really nice. <laughs> it looks really good. Um, but yeah, these like a bunch of guys are coming out, and George Clooney basically like comes out last because he's horning in on their thing. Yeah. He's not part of the deal. And he's like, I'm a guard, I'm a guard. Yeah, he's like, it's all sealed up, don't worry back there, we're all set, like, yeah. and just keeps walking. Like, it's just the confidence that sells yeah. it. Yeah, and then, but she doesn't see Buddy coming up behind her. Mm-hmm. And they grab her, throw her in the trunk of her car. <laughs> they literally, he just, like, picks her up. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing, like, yep. he's You'll a huge dude. You're into the trunk with you? And he's, he's, you can hear him say, what's a girl like you do? You pack a shotgun. <laughs> they throw them both. They both get into the back of her car in the trunk. And Buddy steals her car and they drive off. Very, very, it happens all very fast. And now you get this beautiful romantic scene. Oh, my gosh, so intimate. When they're, when they're in the trunk of her car and she's clearly irritated by him, at, at least at first. And technically the, through the whole way. Yeah. She just, he just works his way into her brain. That's true. Because he's so fucking charming. He's so charming, yeah. <laughs> but it's... A, Incredible stuff. Yeah. He's, he's behind her. He's filthy. He's yeah. covered in he dirt. He smells bad. He's got his hand on her thigh. She complains yeah, he's, that he's ruining her outfit. Yeah. He's just kind of like tapping his hand like on her thigh. He's not like being like, like No, he's grubby. not being groping. His he's, hand he's, has to be there. It has to be there. And he, he's like just kind of like, you know, very casually kind of patting, you know. It's like he's like emphasizing the things that he's saying like you would yeah, like, yeah. Like, he's you like talking with his hand. Talk. Yeah, and yeah, like, he's not like feeling her up or anything. Yeah, and he, he, they start talking about movies, which is ex- extremely cute oh to God. me. Incredibly pointedly too, because your inclination with a scene like this is to be like, "This is 
a little fucked up. He's got all yeah. the power, and then they're trying to sell. Well, he and then they talk, that. And then they talk about three days of the condor. No, because then and later they're asking, someone's asking Jennifer Lopez, like, what you guys talk about? And she's like, I don't know, prison, movies. Yeah. You talked about like, movies? so cute. He even addresses that, though. He's like, listen, I'm not going to force myself on you. I don't do that. I'm not going to force myself on you, but then they even talk about Three Days of the Con- Condor that has this really fucked up stuff where yeah. basically Robert Redford kidnaps Faye Dunaway, yeah. and then she f- and he says, "Well, she's like, I never bought the romance. I never bought the movie. romance thing. They f- they fall in love too quick. It doesn't make any sense, which is correct. Correct. Yeah, it's one of the things I don't like about that movie, and and that's great. But then at a certain point, they start talking about Bonnie and Clyde, and then they talk about Network. Well, because of Faye Dunaway. Because of Faye Dunaway. Like, and it's and just the, a- the best is like he's bringing up shit, and he's like, "Well, wh- what was that movie? Or who was that? Who was that?" And she's like Faye Dunaway, like Faye she, Dunaway, right. she's yeah. like yeah. completing his thoughts. Like yeah. she's on the same level, at least like talking about movies and stuff as him. They have instant rapport. I yeah. love, I love the way he fucks up the network line. That's, that's so oh, fucking yeah. funny. He's like, I'm mad, I'm mad as hell. I'm not gonna take any more of your shit. I'm not gonna take any more of your and, shit. And she goes, Yeah, Peter Finch. He goes, Peter Finch. And when he like said, he knows who Peter Finch is, which is really funny to me too. One of the beautiful things though is when he says that line because you see both of their faces because he's right behind, yeah, him, yeah. spooning her, and he says, I'm mad as hell. I'm not gonna take any. Your shit, she smirks a little yeah. bit. Like, mm. He didn't, you got the line wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she doesn't say anything, guy. but she's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, he's so a bit good. of, he's a bit of a dork. Chemistry. That's kind of the dorky part I'm talking about, yeah. that he's, yeah. it's so cute. He's instantly, he just is, is harmless and seems harmless. I mean, and she gets that vibe pretty much instantaneously. She's, at no, at no point is she like, now nah, we're friends. I mean, like, as soon as he gets out, she starts shooting the gun out of the, out of the trunk. She's no one. I love that. She's I not to be that. trifled with this whole way <laughs> yeah. through. Because he's like, where's your gun? And she's like, it's in the front seat. But her gun's in the trunk with it's her. Sick, she's she's yeah. just waiting. It's the birthday gun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they pull over because they got to get a new car because they got uh, Steve Zahn out to help them the most, the new car. The trustworthy, reliable Steve Zahn. And George Clooney does, like, fully does not like Steve Zahn's character, Glenn. He's like, Glenn? You, tell, you tell him if he's wearing those sunglasses, I'm going to fucking knock him off his head. I see better <laughs> with them on. I see better with them on, yeah. Uh, he comes down from an overpass. He's one of the people that ca- that got out of the prison, right? No, no, he was, he's already he's out. He's already out, okay. And, and then uh, Ving has recruited him because yeah. Ving doesn't. But they hate all him know as much. each other from prison. Yeah. 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 And he shows up just in time to fuck everything up. Yeah. This this shit is so fucking funny. Well, he's in the he like for, Clooney is like uh, I need a change. You know I've got these gross clothes. Give me give me your jacket. He takes his jacket, and then and he and he's talking to Ving Rhames. He's like you know I just kind of really like this girl. Like she's we had a really fun time talking in the car. Like and Ving Rhames is like about? what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Seems... they've put Jennifer Lopez in the back seat and Steve Zahn's in the front seat with the new car. And, uh, and, and she's, she's like, like, do you remember, do you remember me? me? She gets in his head <laughs> and he's like, instantly. He's like, wait, from what? Like, he thinks well, he, he might have, like, made out with he, her or he, something? He's trying to flirt with her <laughs> yeah. at first, yeah. And she's like, from when I arrested you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I drove you down to Glades that time? Oh. oh. <laughs> And like 13 seconds later, she's convinced him to t- t- drive her. She's like, wait a <laughs> second. You haven't actually done anything yet, you know? <laughs> and so he, he takes off. He, go, he goes, like, these oh. guys are going to be so disappointed in me, man. Yeah. But then he does it anyway. <laughs> so yeah. These guys are going to be so disappointed in me, man. <laughs> he has, a, he has <laughs> this, But okay. <laughs> he has this line when he gets in the car and he's mad at Clooney for yelling at him. He goes, like, you think she can talk to me like that? <laughs> Give me your jacket. <laughs> 
it's like my, probably oh, my I favorite moment so in Steve much. Zahn's entire career is when he says that "give me your jacket" thing. <laughs> He's uh, one of these guys who just constantly thinks that he deserves better, and then kind of maybe even realizes by the end of his arc, like I probably don't. I well, suck. yeah. By the time he gets to exit the movie, he's like, oh, I just want to go home. I, all I want to do is run away from this yeah. as, as fast as I can. Um, <laughs> Which he ends up running he, away. Yeah, he, he totally he does. He sure does. Uh, so they, dri- they drive off, leaving Lur- in Clooney and Ving Rhames in the lurch. Yeah. And they both kind of look at each other and like look. And there's a, like a really good <sighs> freeze frame then, and it, and it fades out. <laughs> and I think it goes back to another flashback at that point. Doesn't Indeed. it go? It goes back to, according to my notes, uh, where we see Don Cheadle. I think it's a flashback where George Clooney is still in the jail because it's the fish scene. Yeah, yeah, that's the scene in the in the prison library where he tells oh, he tells Albert Brooks that he shouldn't be hanging out with with Snoopy Miller. Snoop and they kill, crush Snoop the, kills fish. the fish. Little fish. I hated that. Gnarly. I like that. I like the bit where like his his henchman comes after Clooney and Clooney just like takes him takes care of him right away. And then the guy there's a guy behind in a little cell in the library who's like, hey, there's a there's a guard out there, and he's also pointing at the uh, the sign that says like quiet in the library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, says, yeah. Sign says shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then he comes in and they're like. Yeah, they're just like talking. What's like, going on here? Nothing. Just a little reading his fundamental <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm not bothered by it in the least, of course. But George Clooney's character is magical. Basically, he's the most charismatic, the most capable. Uh, yeah. Except when he's fucking up, of course. But like this scene yeah. is quintessential, where it's like he can even like take on big. Henchmen. Well, he has spent phys- most of his life in prison. I think yeah. he knows exactly he's what he's doing. Physically formidable. He's charming. He's handsome. He's a pretty. He's a pretty great dude. Yeah. All across, and he's he's fully nice. He's 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 just yeah. You know, it's a movie character. What are yeah. you gonna do? That's exactly right, though. I mean, it's, what a fucking movie! I mean, I love that we're making a fucking movie here. So George Clooney and uh, Buddy are in this. It's at it's Buddy's house, is it, or is it like They're a, hotel? In a hotel in Miami? It's right a now. hotel, and there's this really funny scene where Clooney's in the bathtub. <laughs> where where oh, Bean Rains like throws the keys for George Clooney <laughs> to catch, goes- and it just goes straight behind him, <laughs> and then they look and they go. It's okay, it landed in the pool. <laughs> and yeah. then they just move on. Like, shit like that. Those little moments are so funny to me. The bathtub scene is very important. The bathtub scene's great. The uh, first time I saw this it, movie, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And indeed you are. Yeah. Indeed they are kidding we you. We get some female gaze, baby. It's great. Fuck yeah. We get some <laughs> fantasy <laughs> of steamy nice makeout. Tap. We get, we get. this is girl's eyes on a boy's, on a boy, on a man's body. Mm. You know, we get it flipped around here. And it's, it's great. It's hot. It's pretty funny it's too because real. as we come to find out, like um, this is a fantasy that J Lo is having in in her like in the hospital bed after she's gotten in an accident with Steve Zahn, after she was driving away from that yeah. scene. But it's we not don't his know fantasy; that. it's hers. <clears throat> but we see it from George Clooney and Ving Rhames' perspective. We see him before they get to the hotel room before yeah. George Clooney gets into the bathtub, and they're saying like. Boy, that lady sure was hot. And Ving Rhames is like, oh, man, you thought she was hot? I wanted her, too. She's the hottest lady I've ever seen. And you're like, that's in J-Lo's <laughs> yeah, fantasy. Yeah. It's very funny to me. But then it's like George Clooney just looking hot as fuck in the bathtub. She comes in there, and she's like, she's going to bust him. And then he's like, mm-mm, and like grabs her hand. And then she gets into the tub with him. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? This is like a fantasy sequence. She wakes up, and Jenna's is yeah. like, sport peppers, like right in the face. <laughs> Wake up, honey, I got some malort. <laughs> he's just like waving Malort under her nose. It's <laughs> there you go. He's like, you were talking in your sleep, and she's like, what was I saying? And he was like, hey there, hey, hey you. yourself, hey yourself, yeah, hey, yourself. Yeah. hey back, something like that. Oh God! So you're just like, well, they're both fantasizing about each other. They're, they're both 100 so percent on board with this, and they all, and they both know it. And then, then uh, <coughs> she's like trying to get involved in the 
in the investigation for finding Foley. There's a guy named Burden who's like her superior officer who's kind of like, Karen, you know, what are you going to do here? You got nothing to do here. Well, they're also getting some good sexism in there, too. Where yeah, they're going, 100%. Like, you're, not, you're not, you're some lady. You can't be doing yeah. this. And she's obvi- she's proven several times over that she's more capable than any of these yeah. guys. So it's fully stupid. And they've caught now one of them, which is Louis Guzman's like prison buddy, Chirino. Yeah. Uh, I think his name is true. I forget what the character's name is. Anyway, but he he got a, he I got away, and and he he got caught because he he like broke into some lady's house and then seduced her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty weird. And like that, and then that's so then. Uh, <laughs> this is this is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. The whole the whole Guzman. next sequence is funny. Well, no, first <laughs> it's like how did she... it's fucking amazing. First is the Ray Nicolette cameo because she's back home in Miami. She's got a bandage on her head. And Dennis Freena's over at her house. He took the week off to work on his boat oh. and check on his and his girl. Dennis Freena's got no time for and, Ray. And Ray Nicolette shows up and and with his big FBI with shirt. his big FBI shirt. Dennis Freena makes fun of him, and then Foley calls her because oh, yeah. he's going through her wallet and he's oh yeah, and he's at the hotel. And this is now when they realize you know she's a marshal, all this stuff, and she she's talking on the phone with him while while Michael Keaton's there. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I wish we got another chance to see where things were gonna go. It's pretty she's funny like, too because she, she, she's on, the, she's with Farina and yeah. Ray, and then she gets the phone. And he's like, you know who this is? And she goes, "Excuse me for a moment, five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> I've got to take, I've got this, to take this call." Um, but yeah, at, at a certain point, she goes, "How do you know I'm not just gonna like try to bust you or like have this phone call traced or whatever?" And he goes, "Because you're having you're, too much because fun." You're having too much fun. God, I love this movie. Hot stuff. <laughs> it really Hot is. Hot stuff. <laughs> so then she goes to find Adele, Catherine Keener, and and the Adele, one of the luckiest people in the world. You got to You got because she's got kick-ass J-Lo there to like help yeah, to her out well. <laughs> when Louis Guzman shows up, because he told Clooney told Louis Guzman about Adele, his first wife, while they were in prison, and that she knew about the breakout, and so. This may seem, as we're describing it, that there's just so many characters, and there are a lot of characters, and they are all kind of entangled up. But it, it, when you watch this movie, it comes off so flawlessly. Oh, it does not and how feel everyone interacts. Yeah, yeah, it's this is how this is an example of how you do this kind of shit the right way. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's nothing wrong. It's with this the, the, for, the formal and narrative economy in here is stunning. Right, it, right. It gets everything right. That's yeah. why it's perfect. So yeah. Louis Guzman is pounding on the door, and he's at first he's like, oh hey, he's trying to be nice, and then he's like. I need to get the fuck inside, and then he luckily J Lo's there. And this is another, just like once again, this movie pulls this off again, where this character is scary mm-hmm. and funny at the same time. <laughs> when, he keeps asking, how, how do they do the thing where he saw her legs up? Yeah, J Lo. He's like, he's like on the floor getting handcuffs, and he's like, I just want to know, I just want to know how, how. <laughs> wait, what does it say? Yeah, how like how, the, how, how do you get saw saw in half? How do they twinkle their toes? Yeah. How do they twinkle their toes like, though? If you get saw in half, it's just fake legs. <laughs> Oh man, she's like, she is like, <laughs> Catherine Keener's just like, well, here's how it happens. Actually, there's like fake. She's like explaining yeah. it to him as he's getting like cuffed and stuff. I love the way too. She's like cuffing him, and he's like, oh, you are mean. He's doing both. He's like, I love he's how, having three I love conversations how at outraged once. he has. He's broken into a woman's house. Yeah. I mean, he literally punched through the window, reached in, yeah. and unlocked it. To like, this God, is aggression. To do God knows what. He's busted thoroughly by a, a person who can kick his ass easily. And he's like, she's like putting handcuffs. He's like, what is even going on? He's like, like well, I gotta, I gotta go make pee pee. <laughs> And oh then while God, he's so while tough. he's like outraged and be like ow ow, um, how do you do that trick? Yeah. I mean, it's, 
fucking hilarious. Please tell me how you get sawed in half. <laughs> and then she calls she calls Burton and is like, if I bring Louis Guzman in, you know, you're gonna put me on the case. And he's, he's like, like, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, okay. okay, fine. And then of course that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then so then then they but they basically get a lead on where Foley is. Yeah, but in the nick of time, basically like ships pass in the night. Like they don't know that the that the FBI is about to catch them. This is the hotel in the hotel, and they're leaving as oh the gosh. FBI is coming in. They tell her the her boss tells her to stay in the lobby and just keep watching. She's like, God damn it! Like, she basically really, been told to fuck off. Yeah, and she's so done she's, nothing. She's but She's sitting good in work. the lobby and she's just like kind of idle. She's like, There's no fucking way I'm gonna like see them. Yeah. And, and you're, then, you're, there's, this is a good suspenseful moment, yeah. too. And then they get in the elevator with this old lady who's taken forever. And thank goodness, because it allows the timing to work out. And then there's that great moment. Yeah, Ma'am, is, they, is they this lo- your floor? <laughs> Ma'am? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just... <laughs> Dude, I feel her, though. Just, just like... But that that bit where the, the, the elevator door opens in the lo- on the way down to the parking garage and in the lobby... And they both lock eyes. They can't believe they're seeing each other. And George Clooney just kind of like... Involuntarily, confusingly, and involuntarily, like lifts his hand like high, and then kind of freezes, like, "Why am I waving?" And she's like, she just kind of looks at him too. Doors close on him. Doors close. And she just holds that, yeah, expression for like minutes afterwards. Like someone comes up to her, and she's still just going like, "Huh? What? Yeah." (laughs) They're very horny for each other. So good. (laughs) They are quiet. He waved at me. I what? Even later, he brings it up when they're like. Uh, at the bar or having sex or whatever and he's like remember when I waved at you in that elevator and she's like yeah I couldn't believe you waved at me they're talking about it I love it when they talk about the stuff yeah it's It's like yeah we all remember it too yeah we remember it we were there also (laughs) you know what's even crazier is this movie is now half over I know. Like, yeah, it's just it felt. It feels like it's been on for twenty minutes, even though we've talked about all this stuff that goes into the plot. Like, it's so breezy and it moves so quickly. Yeah, I feel like watching it again right now. I know. I know. I would absolutely watch it again. <laughs> uh, and so now thing. we're off to Detroit. Yeah, you get this great scene where J Lo confronts Isaiah Washington, who is well. That comes up in a little bit. Yeah, he's even more psychotic than Don Cheadle. He's like Don Cheadle's even more psychotic he's, buddy. He's his brother-in-law. He's his wife's brother. Isaiah Washington's girlfriend is Viola Davis. No, that's Maurice's wife. Oh, that's Maurice's wife. Okay. She, she's Don Cheadle's wife. Isaiah, Isaiah Washington is her brother. But she, oh, she's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. They're in the same. They're in the same house together. They're in the same house together. Well, first, there's the stuff at the. There's the Clooney and Ving Rhames go to see, uh, go to see um, Snoopy at the gym. And yeah. Steve Zahn is there now. Yeah. Glenn, because Glenn thinks that this is, they're going to rip off Albert Brooks. And they think that this is. Is this after the moment that uh, that's, uh, Maurice has put him through the paces to see if he's loyal? Uh, that has, yeah, that happens first here. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty fucking, that's, that's like a straight up disturbing scene. Yeah, we meet this White movie, Boy Bob. This movie, as breezy and fun as it is, well, it has a scene in it where you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. We meet White Boy Bob, which is Maurice's new henchman. Yeah. Um, and Ving Rhames doesn't like him. Oh, the big ass guy. <laughs> you know, don't call him Snoopy. Yeah, but you let this guy call you White Boy. Yeah. <laughs> they. This is a great. Oh, they're all great scenes. But they're driving around with Steve Zahn in the car, yeah, and, they're... and it's just like immediately like this is Steve Zahn is like this is my and it is it's my plan. Yeah. But and they're it's like, getting it's taken from now. him, and now and nope, now it's Steve Zahn now. has to prove himself yep. to the guys who he wanted to let in on his big plan yeah. to begin with. Poor fucking Steve Zahn. All you got to do, Steve Zahn, we're taking everything from you because 
why would you have thought that we wouldn't? What did you think this was? Yeah. Right. I shivved a guy. I mean, you know you know what kind of person I am. Right. And this is where, you, like, there's a really amazing moment where the way that they show this scene where they go and shoot a person and then, like, saw him into pieces and dispose of it. God. It's all shown from Steve Zahn's perspective as he's just being, like... <laughs> as the terror is just flashing and blood splattering he's on like, his there's face. There's a great shot of... Never going to recover from this experience. Spray painting over the peephole, but it's... Or spray painting on the walls. Oh yeah, but it spray paints while, over the while lens. While someone's like, no, sawing. someone's with a hatchet. Yeah, is going like this. So you, it's never, it's never like grisly or anything. Yeah. But it's there's very no sound. It's just this like drone on yeah. the soundtrack. And you and you great see it, score by David Holmes, by the way. At the peak of Steve Zahn's performance, because he's so funny, but like he also really sells like, oh, I just saw some stuff that's going to be with me forever. Mm-hmm. Like this is this. They like this they like ruined zip up, my life. They like zip up his his jacket because he has like blood on his shirt. Yeah. He's just kind of like staring Zone off out. into the. Distance. He's in a fugue state, yeah. essentially. And then there's an g- amazing line where uh, Don Cheadle, like, right after this whole thing, says, it was worse than you thought it was going to be, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, Damn. it was. Damn. We also get an important flashback to what happens right before the bank robbery that starts the movie. Yeah. Where Clooney is out of prison from Florida the first time and uh, has gone to see Albert Brooks about a job that he thinks he's going to get. And Albert Brooks is just going to hire him as a security guard in his big fancy firm. But Clooney thought he was going to get something better than that. Front office. Yeah. Sort of thing. That's why he wore a tie and everything like that. So that's why he's he's throwing his tie off and is so mad at the beginning of the movie, robs the bank that gets him sent back to prison, from which he has now escaped again. Are we at sex scene time? It's time basically. Is it time for, for sex? The, first, well, first there's uh, first there's J Lo versus Isaiah Washington. She Great goes. Scene. She goes oh, to yeah. see Tuffy the dog. She goes to look for Snoopy for Maurice for Don Cheadle at his house, but he's not really there. His wife's there, Viola Davis. Great she's not having. She's not having a great time. Her just dog in general. got run over. Early Viola Davis. This is a person who was. Uh, I mean, she was well known talented. in theater, and, and yeah. she'd been in movies. Yeah. You're She's like, so good at Who's this. that? She's oh, it's violent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and her, and then there's her psychotic brother Isaiah Washington, who immediately suggests that he might sexually assault Jennifer Lopez. Bad guy Isaiah Washington. Yeah, he He's had scary. he had he had an interesting career. Yeah, he got he got canceled. And I think he now works for like Newsmax or something. Oh God, like, really? Oh, really? Maga. I don't know anything you know. about him. He's MAGA. <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean he was most famous for referring to one of his co-stars on Grey's Anatomy as a as a slur. Oh yeah, as a gay that's slur. Right. That's why I got fired. He got fired. Uh, I mean, imagine how bad it must have been for it to be public and then to get fired for it. I mean, I can't even fathom it. And now he's like a MAGA guy. Great. Yep. Tremendous. He's Uh, good in this. Yeah, he's great in this. He's very menacing. He's very menacing. Uh, but yeah, he has this scene where he's like, he's getting more and more menacing to to J-Lo. And of course, J-Lo... Never shows a shred of fear this entire movie. She's extremely capable. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to be going. And she just starts smashing him up with her with well, baton. He goes, he's, she's like, okay, whatever, I'm, I'm leaving. And he's like, no, no. He stops her. He's like, no, no, we're going to tussle first. And she pulls out an extending baton from her fucking purse and fucking uh, smacks him yeah, in the arm, he's puts like, him on the ground. Me, so, yeah. me and my dog used to tussle. And you know what dogs all like? Dogs like a bone. You it's good the bone too, girl. Fucking scary as shit ever. But the, yeah, then she beats the shit she out of him. And it's like him fuck up. yeah, good fuck. I do. I do like his performance. <laughs> I really like the line where she's like, "Oh, I used to box." He's like, "You know, what, what was your what was your weight like? Middle weight?" She's like, "Close enough, fly weight." Until I got my retina detached two times. <laughs> Man. <Ugh>. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she walks out and she's like, "You wanted a tussle? We tussled. Freeze frame. Love it. Out. Yeah." <laughs> Awesome. And pretty much now it's time for the bar hotel sex scene part. 
this is like the best sequence. I think it's the best ever. scene, and that's really saying something because yeah. I love every scene in this entire movie. It is so. But this part, I'm like getting the, so good. um, the the pleasure when you're, you know, when the Ew, tingles, Travis is when getting the, tingles, the pleasure right I'm now. The pleasure. Help. You know when the t- when the tingles go up and down the back of your neck? Yes. I do. I do not. Through it. Really? The spiders crawling up your spine, dri- blood dripping down, blood dripping down, eggs cracking on your. You that's know? what I mean. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know the little spiders? (laughs) Eggs cracking on? Yeah, that that thing. No, I know what you mean. I'm just being weird. (laughs) This is this whole scene. It's it's almost uncomfortable. I'm I'm getting so much like ASMR just from this this whole scene. It's amazing. She's just trying to have a drink in the bar, and these three dudes are at the bar. First of all, okay. (laughs) Settle a bet for us. First of all, there's this moment where the waitress brings her the drink that they are purchasing for her, or attempting to buy for her. And and J Lo is like, you know what? Tell him no thanks. I just I just want to be left alone. And the yeah. waitress goes, okay. She has this look, <laughs> this completely knowing look in her eye, yeah. that she knows exactly what's going on here. She's like, okay. The waitress is a hundred percent on her side in a very winning way. Yeah, it's just a really it's a beautiful little performance by somebody who just like shows up and does like this tiny little bit. It's amazing. And then we get to the the fun part. Yeah, the the one douchebag comes up to her and they're doing like classic douchey stuff where. You know, me and my friends had a bad. You here for the? They're like, you here for the conference? I do. I sell like I'm an ad exec. We got a little thing, <sighs> and it's just like there's like an absolutely fucking sterling line in here. I think it's the second guy. Yeah, because the first guy's like, we she have a bet. The first guy politely enough, I suppose. He's she's like, like, we have a bet about what like, you do. She's like, I don't want to know your bet. She's I'm just basically interested. like, I don't even want to know the bet. Like, I just don't. Just don't. <laughs> I don't want to drink. Please leave me alone. I'm just trying to drink He's, by myself. And Very his, his line is bad too. It's we have a bet about what you do for a living, and I won. And she's like, okay, just leave me alone. He goes, don't you want to know what I guessed? No. (laughs) I don't want to know. Also, everyone listening, hopefully you're already doing this, but if a girl's drinking alone at a bar, it's because she wants to be drinking alone at the bar. Or she's waiting for someone. If she was out trying to, uh, like, flirt with a guy, she would be going over and flirting with a guy. How is is this hard, you know? I I spend a lot of time drinking in bars. And tending for them. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I have a very serious never bother a woman by herself in public, no. ever. Mm-hmm. Not just in bars, but specifically in bars. Good. Don't, no so, one talk to us. <laughs> no yeah. one Leave us alone. So the second guy comes up. This is Andy, of course. And then he's and he and he's gonna just bull through the whole thing. Less interested in a conversation, more just sort of like I'm gonna tell her about my job at the ad executive, and that's really gonna work somehow. Somehow that's gonna. Get through. There's her. nothing hotter. And he goes on. And, uh, he goes on pitch. about whatever fucking account his ad agency is doing or whatever. He's and like, hey, she giving goes, you a hard time. And she says, "Andy, really? Who gives a shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I forget which one of the guys she sends packing goes back to the other dudes with a little bit like, a, "Okay, a little cold over there." Kind of <laughs> uh, uh, blustery to like yeah. overcome the fact that they were just. They're very Sound, soundly right rejected <laughs> yeah. by an actual woman. They're such douchebags. Yeah, They're great. And then, uh, and then she, it's in the reflection in the mirror. Everything here is so gorgeous. It's snowing outside too. Yeah, she's like, she's like on the to- on the top, like one of the top floors of this like hotel. Yeah, it's dimly like cozy lit inside, Ugh. like at a bar. And then the outside, you just see these like Beautiful, lit up snowflakes, big chunky big, snowflakes, just like constantly falling. It's very cozy. And you keep seeing her profile lit up too. Like it's just shot so gorgeously. And his reflection comes into the to the window, and he's doing the the lighter trick where he keeps he snaps his fingers to light his lighter. 
Man. And, the, and then you see him, and it's George Clooney's very good looking guy. They're both very good looking people. You can't state that enough. And her eyes light up. She's and she's so just happy like that. It's because I love the the fact that it's too like she would be delighted no matter what if it was George Clooney. But to have like these douchebags come up and contrast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's even more hot to see George Clooney after these douchebags are like, oh, I always, I was already won over by George Clooney, right. but hot damn, George Clooney. And and he's like, should I should I go up to the bar to get a drink? And she's like, no, I don't want you to go. Yeah, no, like, don't yeah. go for even a and so second. She, she gives him the one that uh, that the guys tried to they buy. Share their own there, drink. Right? Oh no, they share the drink. That's yeah, right. They share the drink. Uh, you like bourbon? I love it. <laughs> um, and uh, and also. Um, Fuck! I was gonna say something that's gone. Now, never mind. That's fine. <laughs> we, all, we, you know, we, they you just know, start oh, talking. They pretend immediately to be not who they are. Oh yeah, it's a game. Yeah, they're doing a Gary game. Gary and Celeste. Yeah. And and the guy, one of the guys that hit on her was like, you know, uh, we think you're working at this thing, and your boss doesn't really think you're giving you a hard girl. time because you're a girl. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm Celeste. I work in. I'm an ad exec, but my boss is giving me a hard time because I'm, I'm a girl. girl. And then, and then they do this for a second, and then they're both like, this isn't the whole, the, basically, like, the whole reason they're attracted to each other is because they are who they are, yeah. and this whole game is not fun. Like, and they talk about how they both wanted to take a time out. What which, if we took a time out? What if we took a time out? Yeah. Which is what they're doing. And they, they're they both uh, so adults about it, and they're really just saying how they feel the whole way through. They, <sighs> this and really made me want to go to a and hotel it's bar And cutting with them fun. just tearing each other's clothes off. And Well, though, I, I mean, J-Lo taking her dress off. Yeah, it's she's very beautiful. <laughs> it's quite a thing. It's, it's it definitely quite, a thing. It's quite a thing quite to a behold. Thing. Yes. Jesus Christ. And it's I mean, like it, it's one of my favorite sex scenes of all time. It's not even remotely graphic. It's no, just, it's, but it's no, just, it's classy and erotic. It's just classy and it's, it's like the sexiest thing you've ever seen. And it's so it's so you see the chemistry so much. Like I said earlier, like they're like smiling and giggling and yeah. like it's just like uh and it's also so sad cuz you know it's like this can't really go anywhere. Yeah. You 100% Want them to hook up? You also a hundred percent know it's that at least idea. in this circumstance that it can't that it can't happen. I mean, it's perfect. But there's that great scene later where she's like, you know, confronting him about, you know, maybe you think I'm just careless. Oh, yeah, maybe the you next think morning. That that's that where that's where Clooney's at his most Clooney. He's so good in that scene where he's like, he tells the story about the buddy of his who tried to rob a bank with a bottle of fake nitro slipped and hit his head you know it's like and if i was you know you'd be dumb but you're why would you think that i would think that you're dumb you're yeah. not dumb you are not dumb why would you think that i think that? yeah why would I you mean, think that why would you think that so i would think that so cloony yeah. like he's just doing what he does then she wakes up works. a little later he's gone and on the pillow is uh the gun that he took that was her father's birthday present to yeah. her god and that'll be important later uh, she knows uh, at this point i mean fully in love of course she knows at this point that the uh, basically, the the pertinent info about uh, yeah, she the, knows the, that they're going to try to rob Ripley's house. We're we're getting we're, we're towards the end here. We're we're almost we're, at the climax. Yeah, it's probably the last 20, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, to wrap up Steve Zahn's character, there's a great scene where they're all at the boxing match together. Yes, and George Clooney comes up, and Steve Zahn's still hanging out with these people, so just deathly afraid of all at all times. Yeah, he's basically owned by them essentially. He tries to sneak out. Foley's not there yet. Yeah, he but he Steve Zahn is gonna sneak out and drive off. He's <laughs> eyeing the car keys, just yeah. looking for any. He, he's looking for any opportunity, and he goes into the stolen car that, <laughs> that Don Cheadle has has, has co opted from him, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, turns out Jennifer Lopez is there. She gets into the car with him. <laughs> ah, man. <laughs> 
I just want to get out of here. And she lets him go. He, he once again tells her everything that yeah. she wants to know. And then she just basically goes, you better just get out of the car and start running, buddy. And he does. Indeed he does. Yeah, and I love <laughs> I love how real the snow is in this movie. Yeah, it, it might be real snow. I, I think don't know. it is. It's just the way, because, like, you know, when you walk in snow, it's a little hard to get your footing and stuff, and everybody's kind of slipping around in it. And, and it's so beautiful. There's definitely, especially when they're at the mansion, too, it would take so much time to assemble that amount of snow because yeah. like, it covers so. I think that, you know, Probably sometimes just that just happens. They just lucked out. Yeah, it looks great, though. It looks really it good. It looks great. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. Is there anything else before the climactic uh, Steve Zahn runs off? I think that's the last we see of him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that, that it's everybody piling into the van. There's this great shot of they're like, we got to go back to Maureen. Uh, Don Shields like, we got to go back to my place and pick up some stuff. And then there's this really good handheld shot of them all crossing the street and getting into the van. Mm-hmm. And then they drive off. And then now we're at, now we're at Ripley's Mansion. He tells Bing Rams like Bing. he tells Sorry, he tells Buddy he's like just go, just, just go. go. Uh, I will split my end with you, no problem. Just get out of here. These guys are dangerous. Yeah. And Bing Rams is like, well, who's gonna watch your back if you go? You have your relationship with Jesus to think about. Yeah. And your and your weird sister and and everything like that. Just just get out of here. Be a good man. Well, there's there's a there's a scene where he's uh he's on the phone with Bing Rams at the hotel, and he's like. Because uh, Ving Rhames got a hooker the night before. And he's like, how long? Sex worker. Correct. You're right. Sex worker. And uh, he's like, how long did you spend with the girl? 45 minutes. How long did you talk to your sister? An hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty weird. Yeah. But, but cute. Um, but uh, anyway, th- so now we've got we've got Isaiah Washington. Psycho. Don Cheadle. Ving Rhames. George Clooney. <laughs> and White Boy Bob. White Boy Bob. Is going to rob... Richard Ripley's house. Yeah. Uh, and who, and and there's, who answers oh, and, the door? And during the scene where they're walking across the street and getting into the van, white boy Bob slips on on the snow. He slips a couple oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> he slips one more time when he's, when he's walking up the stairs, and you're like, mm, probably not. Yeah, he, he keeps slipping. Yep. Uh, uh, he's Nancy, a little clumsy. But they knock him. on the door. He's pretending to be a plumber. Uh, and who should who should answer the door? Nancy but screen legend Nancy Allen. You're There's right. like 20 minutes left in the movie at this point. They're still dropping incredible cameos on us. I yep. didn't even realize that was Nancy Allen until and a little Nancy bit. Nancy Allen is great in this movie, and she yep. looks great. She's terrific. I love Fucking her in this. Nancy it's just Allen. so cool to see her. Jesus. And uh, Isaiah Washington has some bad ideas about what he wants to do about yeah. that. Not a cool guy. No. Not Isaiah cool guy Washington. Um, he wants. He's always constantly wanting to go full rampage. They're yeah. psychos. Yeah. Um, and they they get in there. Albert Brooks is hiding the whole time, so that she's basically like he's not here at all. Yeah. Um, Albert Brooks is like in a yeah, secret, he's like upstairs in like room, like calling in like a the guest bathroom or, or whatever. Something. Yeah. They're like assembled. These idiots are like trying to get into the safe by basically like shooting into it with a shotgun or they're dumbasses. Yeah, that's yeah, it's work. like super loud. It's like <laughs> echoing throughout the whole house. I like I like the scene where I like the scene where they're trying to shoot the the safe and like they they like Isaiah Washington and, and Don Cheadle are on either side of it and then White Boy Bob. Or not White Boy Bob. One of the other is it White Boy Bob who does it? He gets like right in the middle. I think at this oh. point White Boy Bob White Boy Bob is in the kitchen uh, eating. Oh yeah, he finds raiding the fridge. He finds the steaks. He says he found <laughs> no, that, some good that happens. No, that happens later. It's the three of them, and then and he's like, no, go, move over there. You're gonna shoot me right in the face with that thing. Yeah. And then so they but they, they once they get into the safe, they realize that it's just his toupees. His prized toupees. Why? Why do you need to put those in a safe? And because that's, no one can know. That's when White Boy Bob <laughs> goes down to find Foley. 
Yeah. But he finds steaks. But then he finds a, a freezer full of steaks instead. Yeah. And Nancy <laughs> Ellen gives so them good. the gives them the code to yeah, the safe he, because she, they're making so much shit. noise. Yeah. She's just like, here's the code. She just like says the numbers yeah. because they're just like also, making like, a bunch of loud noises. Fuck they're it, fucking help yourself things to up. his wigs. Yeah. yeah go for it. I also really like the part where where <laughs> they try to they try to put on some music. Ugh. And uh, and and he's like, I've never heard of any of these CDs. You know, he's like, I forget the one he names. It's like some easy listening bullshit. Yeah. And then she goes, he goes, he turns to Nancy on, points his giant shotgun at her, and goes, What kind of music you like? And she goes, I like Schubert. Schubert? Well, I don't. Well, I don't. That's the yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Washington's best, perfect best perfect part delivery of the whole thing. there. It's yeah. Fucking hysterical. He has, he has one well, other great piece of delivery in this movie, but I can't repeat the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Clooney is talking with Albert Brooks, who he's found in his private room, uh, trying to call the cops from his his phone. And he's whatever. realized that the diamonds are in the rocks in the fish tank. Classic Clooney, like you see him make that realization before we find out, and and he's so cool. Yeah. He just sees him and barely, he's just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know the solution to the whole thing now, yeah. and I ba- it barely registered on my face because I'm such a cool cat. <sighs> Uh, and then you get um, Ving. Ving comes back in. They scoop the. Yes. They look like just regular rocks. Yeah. Uh, and then it's time for for a showdown. Sort Wait, of. Wait. Do we talk about how? Meanwhile, uh, J Lo is on yes. her way here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's there now. Okay. Well. Yeah. When I was in the restroom. No, I, no. She. Yeah. She has that great that that, that the, shot. The frosty lipstick. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. The shot with the fucking snow, yeah, and then it goes back to her, her eyes, and she's just like focused on the road, and she's wearing that very, very 1998 like frosty silver gloss. Mm. Oh my god, awesome! <laughs> it's just like such a scene. She's got that beautiful coat on. Yeah, Every, everybody's being such a hero. At least George Clooney and J Lo and and Ving Rhames are being are in real full on hero mode at this yeah. point, because George Clooney uh, gets another moment where uh, this is this is like in. Uh, Walk among the tombstones, where Liam Neeson's is gonna leave, and yeah, like him and Ving have the diamonds. They're gonna leave. They've they've got like, everything they're, they're looking for. And he's like, they're gonna rape and kill that woman, aren't yeah. they? Ving, you go take yeah. the diamonds. We'll split them later on. I gotta go back in here. Probably gonna die. Yeah. Goes back in there, has a showdown with them. Well, first he shoots Isaiah Washington. For, well, first white boy Bob comes after him. Oh gosh! Yes, <laughs> is this exactly what happens in Intolerable Cruelty too? Well, that came after, but hey, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, white boy Bob lunges he's, up those stairs. He slips he's on taking the, him shoots too. himself right. He's in the taking noodle. those stairs a little too fast for for the mass that he's carrying. <laughs> and guess what? We see his brains, yeah. dude. Yeah. I so I like I said I've never seen this before, <laughs> so I did not see this happening at all, and this literally made me like stand up out of the off the couch. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Jeez, it was, that sucks, dude. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Yep. Yeah, he's, he slips and straight up shoots himself in the head. It's so. Funny. It had been telegraphed to us, of course. Yes. So it's very satisfying. But the first time you see it. You don't know that that's what. I feel like this exact same thing happens in Intolerable Cruelty. I don't remember, I don't remember that remember movie going, like, hardly at all. That's the thing. I don't remember it either, but I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> he goes but, into uh, one room where Isaiah Washington is in bed with Nancy Allen, uh, and, sh- and shoots and just shoots shoot, Isaiah just Washington. Straight up shoots him. She throws the blankets over him, and then he just shoots well, he's him. he Love actually it. goes Teamwork. he goes up to the door. And then Isaiah Washington blows through the door with his shotgun. Yeah. And then Clooney busts in. She throws the blanket over his head, and he kills Isaiah Washington. That's a Washington. smart thing. Smart yeah. idea. That's the end of that. And now it's just him and uh, Cheadle. Yeah. They have a fight. Uh, and then J-Lo, I think, shoots Cheadle. Yeah, well, yeah. J- J-Lo is, it basically catches them in the act, and then uh, she kills Don Cheadle. 
it's a really good bit too because he like he he you know he draws down on her she gets the jump on him shoots him and he like dies really weird he like slides down the stairs and like sort of falls over on top of white boy bob puts his like face on white bob white bob's it's really weird and perfect it's awkward it's clumsy yeah i love an awkward clumsy uh death scene yeah um, it's good. It's a good way to handle that kind of violence, you know, to make it seem like not cool. And she's like calling for George Clooney and he's like, well, fuck. And he puts on a ski mask. I love this mm-hmm. to I'm make it s- easier for her to shoot him. I'm not going back. I'm going to suicide by cop with you. Yeah. Sorry, JLo. Suicide by cop time. Yeah, he's he like, makes sure he has one me? bullet. Like, yeah. No, he takes out all the bullets in his gun. Yeah, he doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't have bullets, but he has the gun and she doesn't know he doesn't have bullets, even though in her heart of hearts, I don't she think she thinks knows. that he would shoot her. Yeah. You gotta do and it. And she's like, I don't want to, like, don't make me do this, don't make me do this. There's this great shot, like, slow pushing on her when she just goes, damn it, put the gun down. Yeah. It's so cool. But then she shoots him in the leg. I can't believe you shot me. Thinks about it for, like, another second longer and like, oh, yeah, I'll just shoot him in the leg. It's fine. Yep. Yep. And then somehow this movie has an incredibly satisfying ending, which is like, whenever I show this to somebody for the first time, they're always like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't, I, I was like, I'm waiting for it to collapse at the end. Yep. Yeah. You know, because he gets arrested. Yes. And she like later on, someone's like, are you going to be the one picking him up and transferring him? And she's that's like, that's the phone call with her dad. Yeah. And she's like, maybe. And he's like, what you want? You want an extra hour of drive time with your like, yeah, you know, your criminal boyfriend or he's something. 100, he's 100 percent on board with he, it. Yeah. He's just like joking around. What God a what damn. a good dad. And that's he's when he that's guy. when he has that my girl, the tough babe line. My girl. Yeah. Tough and then babe. she is a tough babe. And it, fa- it fades out, and now we're in Detroit again, and and uh, like Picking in the back of the van, yeah. Picking him up, he's in the back of the van. She turns around and she's like, "Hey," and he's like, "Oh, what's up? Hey. I got something for you." This is lighter for the road, and it's his lighter. I have to, t- I have to get it back though. When, yeah. when it's done, when the trip's done. Then they go in and they pick up another prisoner. There's another guy. Somebody gets in there and it's... This was great because I was watching it with Corey and he hadn't seen this movie in like 10 years or something like that. And I, I was, was like, do you remember the cameo at the very end? He's like, there's a cameo at the very end? I was like, oh, yeah. oh boy. And he even like right, right coming right up to the point, he was like, I don't don't remember. I'm like, just wait. Yeah. It's fucking Sam Jackson. Yeah. It's Sam Jackson. So oh good. Oh my God. And he plays a guy named Hajira. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and he tells he talks about how his name has a special meaning because it involves the Jewish exodus and like their flight from persecution, and 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 he's like, how'd you get that name? Well, I kind of escaped from prison like eight million times. <laughs> he's just like the best at escaping prison. He's like, really? Yeah, I was supposed to go down uh, yesterday, but uh, the lady marshal wanted to wait till today for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, maybe she thought we'd have a lot to talk about. Do what you want to do. Long drive down to Florida. <laughs> and then they both J-Lo kind of looks, gives like a side glance yeah. and smiles and a little bit. The last shot is the van driving away over Ooh. the credits. So good. Oh, so uh, good. Beautiful stuff. Hondo uh, P. One person I want, well, two people, but the second one, more importantly, the first person I want to shout out is cameraman Elliot Davis. Mm-hmm. Soderbergh famously shoots a lot of his own stuff now. He hasn't, at this time, he was still using a DP. I would imagine he still had a lot of control over the look of it. Sure. But incredible cinematography. Oh, yeah. Beautiful image making, especially the Detroit stuff. Yeah. Um, It's for a a movie that takes place mostly in wintertime in the second half, it's very warm and cozy. It's it's a a fireplace movie. It literally makes me want to go to like a. 
like a cozy like little hole in the wall bar. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that kind of cozy intimate lighting. I love the way he shoots Miami too. Miami oh, absolutely! Looks, it all looks mm -hmm. great. Miami, like if this is the rare movie that makes you want to go to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to hang out at Catherine it. Keener's apartment. But is like Miami, <laughs> like the best place in the world. The the wintertime stuff, the Detroit stuff. It's it's very gray and white with snow, but there's this golden. Light the electric light in it is this, it's so warm and gold yep. and it's I don't know it it just it's really I can taste that light and Soderbergh <laughs> pushed this sort of thing as we discussed in the Patreon episode yeah. like to kind of absurd ex extremes particularly with traffic yes where Mexico is just like mm. sizzle is like you're on the surface of the sun yeah it's kind of ridiculous I think it works great in this movie um, and then the second person I want to mention is Anne V Coates the editor who also cut Lawrence of Arabia. God, damn. women are such good editors. God damn. Um, it's like the editing in this is so perfect. And, you know, he Soderbergh usually cuts his own stuff these days now, too. But, um, I mean, God, what an incredible job she did on this movie. So good. Lawrence of Arabia and Out of Sight, two movies that have a lot to do with heat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, they're both hot. Um, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to mention that. Well... Incredible, satisfying ending, like the perfect ending. You walk out drunk on this movie. Everyone needs to watch this movie if you haven't, and if you haven't, watch it again. I'm not going to do lines. We've done a bunch of lines. They're all great. I would just never stop if I started. There's too uh, many. You, you all, if you've Almost every line is good. If so. you haven't seen this movie, watch it. Um, if you've seen it, just watch, just watch it again. It again. <laughs> I promise if you, you're going to be Especially if it's it. been a long time since you've seen it, so you can remember how good it is. Yeah. It's, you're going to love it. Uh, ratings. Five Juds. Yeah. I'm gonna give it like two Douglases because it's so sexy. <laughs> not because it's, it's not graphic at all, but it's very sexy. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna give it. Um, man, what am I gonna give it? I'm gonna give it ten out of ten bottles of nitroglycerin that I'm gonna mm. rob this bank with. <laughs> That's good. Uh, five fucking Juds. Uh, can't do any better. Absolute masterpiece. I'll also do the two Douglases. I mean, there's nothing, but also it's very, very sexy. It's, it's got to count for something. And I'll give it 10 out of 10 fake legs. Hmm. 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 I'm giving it five judges. Yes! I was just trying to think of my third thing. <laughs> I'm giving it five judges completely. Beautiful, gorgeous, perfect movie. Just so rad. I'm so happy I got to see it. Um, I'm giving it one Douglas because it's sexy but not sleazy. And I am going to give it um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Crushed goldfish bags. Oh. <laughs> Just to bring it down a notch. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go with ashtrays that have the cigarette I oil on them. I almost did that. Yeah. That, that shit's fucking rad, too. Uh, well, <laughs> fish crush. We did it. We fucking did it. I'm glad Ooh. we saved out of sight for for the very end too. Yeah, glad we did reverse crowning awards for yeah, sure. That was, like that was right. Go on and on about out of sight, and then be like, now, now movies that aren't as good. The lookout. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We got some spooky stuff uh, coming up. Yeah. Though. Next oh. episode is our spooky episode. And it'll be I out October. am so excited because. At least one of these movies is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I would, big, same. Big, same for me. Big stuff on here. Uh, so we're doing ghost, some ghost stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to do Stir of Echoes. Never seen. Mm. It's not bad. That's what I hear. Right? Uh, the Sixth Sense. Have Great. seen. Holds up very well, in Why? my opinion. 
Uh, and uh, the one that's one of my favorite movies, horror movies, is The Ring, the remake of The Ring, the yes. 2002 remake of The Ring. Mm. How do you feel about that one, Charles? Uh, I remember thinking it was good, but people went ape shit over that when it came out, mm. and I and it might have been just a, a case of like. So you haven't seen it since of it came the Oprah hype fucking with me or something, yeah. where I was just sort of like, people thought it was so scary, and then I watched it and I was like, I what? It's funny. I, I thought that something was. I'll know. talk about this more when we when we actually are on the show. But this movie that made me want to move to Seattle. That's that is right. crazy. Yeah, and I have seen this movie many times, and. To me, it's less scary than it is like really warm and cozy. Like this is it's like a comfort movie. It's the movie that made me want to own a haunted horse farm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely really scary parts, but I mean, the movie is—I don't know. There's something comforting about the 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 like monochrome gray drizzle. <laughs> something comforting about that woman brushing her hair in the mirror. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the movie that made me want to die at the bottom of a well. Aww. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the trailer. Oh my god, the trailer. Do you remember the trailer for the ring? Now I'm gonna watch it. It, the, for the first trailer for the ring had like all this all these shots of like the interior of a VCR working like the tape oh, spooling really? up and I stuff I do remember that and it, and it ends on the shot of Naomi Watts like screaming and dropping the phone but the only sound is a beep yeah, it's, it's, Ooh, it scared the shit cool. out you of me. T- you talking about it scaring me? I like. Right now. I saw that and I was like, I gotta see that movie. <laughs> well, dude, yeah, we I'm, I'm like ready it. to jump in and ta- start talking about it right now. It's, one of, it's <laughs> definitely definitely a top ten horror movie for me. Yeah, for cool. sure. Cool. All right. Until then, wait. You gotta join our Patreon. Yep. You just, just gotta Patreon. Even if you don't have time to listen to more episodes, the support. That's matters. how you can support us, and we're all. Dirt poor. Yeah. Barely yeah, scraping gross. by we, here. <laughs> it's gross how poor we are. <laughs> We're living hand to mouth, day to day. Uh, please get on the Patreon and support us. We would love that. Follow us on X. X. And uh, Instagram. Blue, uh, like, I think we're all on Blue Sky at this point. Mm-hmm. I haven't Maybe that'll become a thing. Is, is suspense on Blue Sky? No. Well, we no. can be. I'm sure no, I have invite codes. I think... Uh, I mean, Instagram. It'll get more popular later. Yeah. Letterboxd. All the, all the stuff. All the shit. Yeah. And then uh, you buy some merch. Oh, yeah. Get on, do the stuff. Help us out. Like here. and subscribe. Throw us a bone. Five stars only, please. Throw us a <laughs> uh, Five stars only. Uh, tell us what, how much you like us. Yes. Yeah. And uh, until then, the suspense is killing us. Okay, bye. 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 Do what you want to do.